I was talking to other people, so I missed the hello and welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio, the number one source for all things. Um, Indie Apocalypse, your growing source for, I would say, uh, the, the the game art development world at large. Twenty twenty four, can Indie Apocalypse Radio become the premier place if you just want to hear uh, game devs and other uh, indie artists just bullshit around? Uh, the, the premise, I'm trying to find a snapper way to say it, but it's like, you know how people hang out after a con and they chat? Uh, this show is like, what if you just were listening to those people do that? I don't know if that makes it a good show to listen to, but it's a fun show uh, to participate in. Uh, I, I'm Andrew. I'm your host of the show. The The show is, uh, you know, it's small 20-minute chats with different developers individually, more or less, split up by... Uh, pirate radio and then a group chat at the end that's the premise that's the the um what's the one i'm looking for that's the premise of the show i'm andrew i said that already indie apocalypse is uh of course the monthly alternative anthology of games where a bunch of games get put into a pile and uh you know what i, I can't i cannot this is not a twitch stream um if there are ads there are ads that is life listen to this um, I, I try to get rid of them. I don't think it's possible to get rid of them. That's it, that is like an impossibility. Should I use a different platform? Eh, maybe. No, people are weird and like I don't want to go to Beam TV. But anyway, enough about uh, platforms. I suppose. Uh, we are here. Uh, let's get to the guests who have their own platforms of types. Uh, and we'll start starting with uh, Bayou of uh, I don't I was like now see the problem with non-indie apocalypse guests is sometimes I don't know where to get, uh, to introduce them as their uh, 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 their work, bodies of work so yeah I say tofu tofu rocks project and so queer Halloween stories bundle hello Bayou how are you doing today howdy howdy thanks for the intro Andrew uh, very glad to be here after all this time usually uh the show happens uh when i'm working yes. which is unfortunate but i'm very happy to have taken the day off to join you oh, glad very to excited glad to have you taking the day off to join this is a uh you know i i i've i've had the fortune of for a long time being a monday to friday kind of person <laughs> no working on the weekends for me to the point where my new job not even open on the weekends they just shut down. Well, today is the first snow uh, we've gone over in uh, Indiana. So, kind of like a very lazy day. Didn't want to get up. Um, so, yeah. I've that's got been it. happening. I've got it coming my way in New England, supposedly, tomorrow. Oh, that's fun. I do. I love, you know, just like early January. Great time for a first snow. <laughs> It's totally normal, but anyway, and not that that all aside, um, I ran down an extensive bit of credits, and I nailed them all. I presume, right? I didn't miss any, any no glaring omissions. Nope, that right. is um, the most exciting stuff to my name at this time. And for people who don't know what that exciting stuff uh, is, uh, what is it? Tell me about it. So uh, Topher Rocks is uh, kind of my uh, personal label. Um, personally, I've kind of had a hard time defining what my kind of signature is as a indie developer. So rather than pigeonhole myself into like a very specific genre, I just kind of say queer stuff in all senses of the word. So yeah. like queer as an LGBT, queer as an also like weird, 
And um, right now, I pride myself as a writer, so mostly narrative stuff, visual novels, interactive fish, um, fiction, that kind of stuff. Um, as for Project Enso, I um, publisher in the very uh, strictest sense of I put your games on somewhere else. Um, that used to be Google Play and uh, moving more towards Steam since Google Play has actually become a lot more hostile to uh, indie developers. Um, I could talk more about that later. But um, just um, one thing that I've always uh, wanted to do is just help other people get their games out there to more people. Yeah, right. Cause, you know, it, uh, you'll find uh, no arguments there. It is a difficult... Not, it's it's very annoying to be the uh, creator promoter uh, face you know the the you know turning each artist into the everything artist you know or the the entirety of the publishing infrastructure you know it's too much for for sure for sure leaves very little room for you know actually making uh, art. <laughs> Especially because it kind of like a publisher, I think, can also help to uh, massage the uh, or like helps you have to worry about like virality as as much if you can just like establish as a publisher because then people will pay attention to a publisher, and it's not like oh, I have to make sure my my game has the right kind of things that I have to is there a dog in it you know or whatever. <laughs> And you pet the dog, like, changed the face of the industry for a long, long time. And honestly, um, more games uh, with pets, um, you can see the effects of that. Um, Truly. But yeah, <laughs> uh, um, publishers, I've uh, just been in talks with so many people who are hunting down for publisher funding. Some people who are trying their best to avoid publishers so that way they could, like, you know, keep their games, their visions. And as someone who's like, yeah, I'll put your game on somewhere if you also hate dealing with the paperwork, I kind of like in that word crossroads where, you know, funding is hard to obtain and also, you know, um, retaining your independence as a developer is also important. So um, even though I've yet to have one of my own games featured in Apocalypse, I'm always a big fan of uh, the mission that you've done, Andrew. Well, well thank you. Um, I guess it's not. Uh, it is like a complicated uh, sort of thing, <laughs> and I am very much like uh, I I'm. It's 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 weird. I've realized how like much, um, like the like you, you talked about Google Play, um, you know, becoming more hostile to indie developers. The whole the whole like sort of like where do indie developers retreat to? You know, it feels like there is like the lower the budget you have, the more indie you have. It's increasing. Like where, where does this person retreat to? You know, if I, if I can't get to Google play, okay. Well, if steam is too big for like, if steam is now being dominated by multi-million dollar projects constantly, uh, where does the, the independent person go? You know, itch perhaps, but that is also like just like a giant pile of games, more or less. <laughs> For sure. I see a couple of people um, wanting to know a little bit more about why I say uh, Google Play is actually starting to become a little more hostile to the um, indie developer. So um, I started uh, publishing on Google Play um, a couple of years ago. Um, 
I was actually featured in the We Are Play initiative, uh, where they uh, took a couple of developers from each state of the U.S. to uh, feature in a book uh, with a series of interviews. Um, I think they expanded the project to be um, worldwide, but um, back then they are getting a whole bunch of um, kind of smaller time uh, developers with a couple of apps to, you know, hear their voices, why they went to Google Play to publish things. And one of the big things I said um, back then was that um, it's a lot easier to have, like, these very unique games, very personal experiences on a phone rather than, you know, there used to be the concept that the family computer, you have it set up in the living room, everyone has their turn on it. And uh, that obviously does not lead to much privacy. Um, one of the big things that I used to believe in and still believe in is that, you know, young queer people really do need to see themselves in media. So having a story that you can play on your phone, something that, you know, sit in bed, play it away from, you know, the eyes of your parents or whoever else might, you know, might not approve. Yeah. Um, very important for giving solace to those people. Um, so back when I was more active on Go Play, I think like Tursa 2018 or so, it was actually uh, relatively easy to get games onto the Play console. Um, what it was, like, you pay $25 for your developer account, and then you could pretty much upload all the games that you can maintain and stuff. So it was really easy to get games on there. But, um, shoot, I forget. <laughs> Uh, Google Play, they introduced the um, .aab format, uh, which is like their Android app bundle format. This supposedly made it like a lot smaller for people to download. But what it was is that it actually made the process for uploading games to a console a whole lot more complicated. That's when I kind of stopped being active on Google Play. And um, it's just kind of gone downhill from there. Uh, more recently, they've uh, introduced a thing where you have to get, like, 10 beta testers on a new app. Which, you know, for a corporation or a company that's got, like, you know, a physical office location, 10 beta testers, that's easy to get. But when you're talking about indie developers who are working literally outside of the bedrooms, this is, like, a huge hurdle for people to jump over. So... Yeah. One of the interesting thing is that uh, I've actually seen Google Play uh, start doing a lot more initiatives for, you know, indie um, developers, smaller companies to, you know, bring their games to mobile. But this kind of disparity is like, oh yeah, we'll give you money to publish on our platform. And then also, once you're on your platform, to do all these ridiculous things, your game has to constantly be updating because we don't understand the service of or the concept of a non-service game. Right, That's that so. feels like that's like one of the biggest killers, is like, oh, you need to maintain a game forever, or else it gets delisted. Uh. Yeah, like, um, I've had to update a couple games that, like, you know, they're done, they're finished, you're not going to get any more content. And then Google Play will be like, oh, you have to update the billing library to version so-and-so. And I'm like, okay, I'll just rebuild it from the engine, and then update it, and there's nothing new. Right. There is nothing new. <laughs> yeah, but that is that's like, how Google Play rolls. Right. There's this kind of like uh just like this endless sort of I mean I feel like also the the encroachment of uh 
service game is kind of like creeping in everywhere, you know, that it feels like every game is sort of like trending towards like, oh, what if we were, uh, you know, uh, or like the forever game, the the eternal update game seems like it's become. Yeah, for sure. Like um, you can go on to, you know, the Apple App Store, uh, Google Play, whatever you use on your phone. And then, you know, it will show you Genshin Impact, um, Fate Stay, Grand Order, um, what you call it, um, Roblox, all of these, like, huge games that, you know, have the weekly updates, the weekly maintenance, etc. And, you know, these are the top earners because they have in-app purchases. People hate um, paying for apps, like, upfront on mobile, but, you know, you say this is a free to start game and then you can buy like you know thousands of gems for 99 dollars right and people will eat that up and it's just like i i was a kid i remember when you could go to the store buy a game and it was complete and you know even buying like a single dlc that was just an add-on to the game i remember those days so this shift towards the game is not finished until it's dead and you know won't be available anymore is just it's not realistic for a lot of indie developers working on a level no it's not like uh even like oh what somebody wants to make you know uh you know i i, I don't have in my blood uh the desire to ever make a live service game you know or, or a it game just that... takes so many resources and right. even if the revenue flows in steadily that's being put back into development of something that's never finished until it's dead. Right. It feels, uh, it feels like very much, uh, you know, games as, you know, skewing closer to software uh, than they do like art or anything, you know, I feel that deep in my soul. Like, Oh, I need to make sure I get my next Genshin update. Uh, I need to update my slot machines more. So I get different animes within them. Oh, I gotta get my gotta get my anime JPEGs, or else what'll I do? I'll never survive. Uh, but anyway, maybe maybe that's what we should do. Maybe that's what I should I should get into the anime JPEG business. What am I doing here? <laughs> I mean, they're, they're probably technically like PNGs or something because they have transparency. Um, I should get into the anime PNG industry. I've honestly uh, wondered, like how people even break into that without you know getting a deal on a major ip it, I, that, I think that's all it is is you just like contact someone and you go this is our thing this is the f you just look at whatever is the most popular format you uh copy that wholesale basically but you plug in like different characters from whatever ip you happen to have i would not be surprised if tons of them are just like all just the same company just like I'm plugging in new models of a different thing, my new favorite intellectual property. and Change the user interface a little bit, and bam, it's a new game. Right. But that's that's uh, uh, just a, a side of games, you know? That's, I think that's, like, the biggest market side of games, but I, I think that'll exist everywhere, and, the, you know... It's it's sort of impossible for an indie dev to think about uh, competing with that sort of thing. It's, it's, in a way, it's like an entirely different world, you know? For sure. And, like, it's one that, you know, I, I don't even recognize anymore. Right. And I think it feels like it takes up just too much 
uh, the problem with games is everyone, everyone, uh, feels the need to think about the entirety of them all the time. Um, and you can just not do that. It's very easy. Um, there is like, I feel like people are getting closer to realizing that you don't need to think about all games all the time. There's like a finite number of them that you have to, that, like, you can just like, oh, I, I don't care about this or that or that or whatever. And just like, you could live your life on itch and never play another, uh, you could just, you could, you know, live your life on games that were made 20 years ago and you'll be perfectly fine. Yeah, you know, like, I was even uh, browsing some of the uh, major bundles that um, I picked up, like, years ago, like, you know, the um, bundle for racial equality. I found a couple of um, Android games to play um, that are, like, you know, they haven't been updated in ages, but they're complete games, and, you know, I've been having a blast with them. You don't need to, you know, go on and, you know, follow, like, the big updating games. Itch has so many hidden gems. And, you know, just take a chance on something, you'll find your new favorite. Yeah. That's what I've been trying to tell people this whole time. But then, you know, they're like, oh, I'll just wait until it comes on Steam. Missing out on so much. Yeah. Like, have you even played the Portopia serial murder case? I haven't yet. But it lives out there. Unity. Oh, right. There was that gross AI thing. Okay. I was like, what does that have to do? But yeah, there's like, that is like also there's like the huge realm of like classics that uh, game gaming has a very as a medium is very bad at it's it, it's got a very bad canon honestly. Uh, For sure, yeah. I think a lot. I, I talk about it on the show all the time. I love that GQ that GQ list because it's like wow. Uh, I I have not no faith, but clearly like game canonization is so incredibly recent and incredibly traditional. Uh, so that it's like, it's like it runs through the entirety of like uh, culture. It's like a long running process before people kind of decouple from that in any sort of meaningful way. I think. It's a couple from, you know, just paying attention to what is ever the huge, uh, broad releases of the day. Yeah, I think, uh, FOMO has a, um, big thing to, um, play in that, too, fear of yeah. missing out. Like, one thing I actually saw across my, uh, Twitter timeline, um, unfortunately I still have to use it for, you know, work. No, but it's... someone described modern fandom as, like, a Hive of locusts. They go to one field, which is, you know, any piece of media. They gobble it up. It's all you hear about for, like, you know, a couple of weeks. And then, you know, after that, no one talks about it anymore. They've moved on to the next piece of media. And I feel like um, not just games, but everything is moving towards that trend. Consume and move on. And you don't have, you know, fandoms that last 20 years anymore. It's just like... It's all the rage for two, three weeks, and then after that, there's not a whisper of it. Yeah, and it's I, kind of a harrowing, and to, to think, think about it that way. And yeah, and I, I, I think even worse than that, it's sort of like fandom as the main model of uh, artistic, uh, 
like in, in, engaging with art, fandom being like becoming this sort of. I remember I, I saw on that same curse site. <laughs> there, there occasionally there'll be something that I think about and like sticks in my brain. And more recently was someone saying, "Oh, I, I can't believe it was, they were talking about Starfield," um, and they're talking about how. Oh, there's no fandoms. There's where's the fan art and fan fiction? And I think, what a what a how imagine view looking at art that way, you know? Yeah, for sure. And like, uh, yeah, I I joke with my friends about it now, but like, oh my god, we need help. We need eight and a half fan art. The Fellini fandom is dying, and and it's like, no, that's <laughs> stupid. Uh, like like so many like long preserving works of art um do not require fandom you know in the, in the like cuz the fandom is uh what's the word i'm talking about uh how do i'm trying to find it fandom in its like current iteration as as people notice capital f fandom is ex- so consumerist and so capitalist in its like structuring and everything and it feels yeah. like uh, often barely engages with the art in any kind of meaningful way. For sure, I feel that. that. Like that that's how the locust works because you can just go to each new thing and plug the new collection of characters into the memes because you're only engaging with these characters on the most surface level. And it's uh, truly whatever. This is this feels like uh, old man grumbling. <laughs> but I mean, there's a kernel of truth to it. Art, I think, like, there's art that can stand on its own, but also it's, you know, if you're a creator and then suddenly your uh, work took off, it's a little exciting to see how people are connecting with it in ways that you didn't imagine. Yeah. But the current way that mainstream art is trying to capitalize on this, I mean, there's not really another word I could think of. Right, right. Like, creator integrity is uh, something that I feel like um, is lost when we uh, go to the mainstream. Yeah, it's this it's very specific kind of model to, like, I don't know, hit the mass audience when I think you can survive without it. I think you can, like... I think online is only re- so like so immensely important if you spend all of your time online, and then you just you can just log off and realize that it's not it contains a lot of people, but it's not the entirety of the of the world. Oh, for sure. I consider myself a person who's online a lot of the time. But I'm not like an online person. Yes, that makes sense. I get what you're saying. I I I do click here and there, but I don't think about like. I don't engage with it very often because it feels like just a different kind of like a different way of thinking. It's like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? The internet online. It's a mystery. But you know what isn't a mystery? Um, um, This show. Uh, Nope, that's not right. You know what? It's not a mystery. What I'm going to do next for me, if you're a returning, uh, uh, if you're a familiar listener of the show, and that is, uh, believe it or not, we've hit are are the end of our segment here it breezes past so quickly and so i have two important questions for you that i that i need you to answer for me your uh, thing uh, uh what is your favorite type of rock um 
I like Jade, personally. Jade's a very, uh, pretty stone. And Unless I'm, uh, thinking of the incorrect type of rock. Then no, there is no inter- incorrect type of rock. This is an open-ended, <laughs> uh, open-ended question. Uh, and most important, and follow-up. This, now this one, no, this one can have an incorrect answer. Um, you can also have, you can also choose to abstain entirely, and that is, uh, what is your favorite Toho character? Now, see, Toho is one of those series that I desperately wish that I could get into, but I'm just not good at bullet hells, so I can't really say. I guess Cerno is uh, hilarious to me. Well, what about but, um, the little, the, the adventure games, the visual novels, all the others, the puzzle games? I just feel like I have to at least play one of the source material oh, okay. games before I can get into the fan games. Well, if you so. play- yeah. If, you play, if you go back to the very first one, highly responsive to prayers, it's technically a um, like a block breaking game. It's more like a breakout game. Really? All right. I'm gonna have to um, put some time to look into that and try it. But I think it, it only out. has Remu in it. I don't remember. But just get just get sick at bullet hells. Just go full in and become a bullet hell person. My hand-eye coordination is terrible, but I guess uh, I could probably afford to watch a Let's Play of one of them games. Oh, maybe. A lot of the uh, Toho um, community is uh, fan-driven, isn't it? Uh, Toho is very It's like, you know, mainline Toho, Zune, and whatever. I forget the name of the company. But uh, it's all bullet hells. But also, uh, like, it has a kind of, like, open license, basically. So you can make a Toho game. I can make a Toho game. I was looking at games just before the show, and there's just like Toho games on the PS5 or whatever that are just unrelated entirely, just made by some other team. So it is kind of like fan-driven. It's hobby. It's it's a different space over there. Different approach to things. The Dojin market is uh, vastly different compared to um, communities. Um, even like not in Japan, yeah. Yeah, I am. I am trying to uh, brute force some of that uh, Dojin market culture into existence slowly. We'll get there. Just kind of like, what if, what if you respected the hobbyist space? Actually, <laughs> what an odd, odd thought that would be. Uh, what if you didn't have to be on the grind? What if, what if it wasn't strictly? Anyway, this is a, we're gonna get caught in the weeds or something. Bayou, thank you for joining me on the show. Uh, I hope you can stick around. We're gonna go on break now. Um, for All right. Me. Yeah. Thank you for uh, having me. No, thank you. And we. Oh, well, I mean, we can get to the end. We forgot the final uh, credit of Queer Halloween Stories Bundle, but we'll get. We can. We have. We can get to it. You'll be back. You'll be back. We're gonna go on break. Uh, we'll be back in like two minutes and 43 seconds. Uh, All right. Goodbye for now. Hello, welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. Uh, that was vacation uh, with parties over. We are here with our next guest, who you may know from issue 
34 of Indie Apocalypse with Factory Hero. It's Belbino. Belbino, how are you doing today? Hey, man. I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, uh, 34, that was a, a, a mere uh, 14 months ago, give or take. Don't say this. Don't say this 14 to me. months ago. Time is a time is a time is not real. And but but I'm going to ask sucks. you to think back to 14 months ago. Um, sure. How did how did you hear about Indie Apocalypse? How did I hear about Indie Apocalypse? Do you know an artist named Casey Green? Familiar with him, perhaps. Is <laughs> a, a real bastard, but he did make the art for the Indie Apocalypse. Um, was it like ad? I yeah, guess. Yeah, the, the the yeah the ad page. Yeah, so I saw that he retweeted that, and I was like, "I like indie games. I like Casey Green. He made the art for my game, he did. and uh, a very you know what? Style. If- yeah, totally right. And uh, I was like, I might as well just give this a shot. I have this game that has been sitting under my mattress. Yes, that uh, has been collecting dust somehow, and maybe I could just put it on there, see how it does, and you know." It did all right. I yeah. feel like it got a, a little bump. It was good. Yeah, it did. It did as good as the important. I mean, in terms of indie's apocalypse scope, it did as best as it could, which is get into it. It's yeah, kind of, it's a real binary there. Yeah, yeah. You know, I actually have a question for yeah. you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna turn the table on I'm, you and interview I'm, you now. I'm ready for it. I'm prepared. All right. Um, how do you, how do you feel your approach to getting indies into indie apocalypse like the the zine has yeah. changed over the years has it changed at all um like in terms of the games i accept yeah yeah well even like just getting people to like um jump in and stuff like that uh well i've definitely so my kind of like my guiding philosophy is sort of uh maintained steady from the beginning where it's like i always want to have like a wide variety of things i, I mean i'm definitely skewing towards like games that feel less traditional and games that yeah. feel like a uh, weirder and a more off the beaten path though mm-hmm. as you know yourself i do i like video games and i like a little uh a recognizable video game here and there what no no way <laughs> but um so i definitely like um uh, skew in that deray where I've, I've always done that there was a time where i like i was inviting at least one game per issue and i've kind of I, I was flush with games and I was <laughs> busy mm. and I was like, well, mm. I, they're already giving them all to me. Uh, why don't I, sh- I don't have to worry about that anymore, but I've been trying oh, to get, wow. I've been trying to get back into the practice of inviting people again, of like mm. really digging into games and being like, Hey, sending people emails. Like you should, I like your game. You should include it. All you have to do is submit it. Mm. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I didn't realize that you had like a glut of games for that uh, first I, little bit. I, I did, uh, I did for a little. I had enough. That's how I got one month ahead because one one month I had at least twenty games that were that were good to go. Oh, so, so I was like, I'll make two issues at once, and then I can I, make. Uh, now I'm finished a month in advance. So basically, like February's issue, it's basically I'm just waiting on the commission game. Is otherwise all done. This is a little behind the scenes for the people at home. You get yes, to I, well, see I love. How- I love this is how it's made. The, the sausage is made just like this. Yes, just I, I'll, I'll explain to everybody how my entire process, front to back, I have no qualms in doing that. There is no secret formula. 
And that is why indie games and indie game zines are excellent. You get yeah, to see you, how you all to... types of sausages are made. Yes, exactly. It, it doesn't doesn't matter the type. And I want more people to have sausages. Uh, <laughs> so, um, hey, hey, check out this thing that yeah. uh, that I, I found out about. Like, let, let, let's see here. Does oh, that work? Do, that does come through to me, so people the, can presumably hear it. Oh, that's excellent. That is really good. But I think that oh, one's my favorite. Yeah, uh, uh, we have we have a late breaking question from someone uh, uh, on the side related. If you feel free to just, just chime in and ask me that question, I can answer while I'm on the brain uh, wavelength because it might be related to exactly what I was going to say. Oh, so so should I should I ask it to no, you? No, by you, you can step in and say it. Oh, Hello. yeah, come, come, in, come in. On the uh, subject of yeah. how um, you've chosen games has changed, how do you um, choose who to approach for the special design game per issue? Like you like the commission game, you mean? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so because it's perfect. That's what I thought you were asking. So that is uh, what I was going to say. That process has changed a little. Uh, primarily at the beginning. I was uh, looking for people who were um, had a larger platform than me, but still uh, were not making the big bucks, so they were affordable within my range. But also, uh, like you know, it's where it was kind of like, hey, I'm spending more money in these commission games. Let me get some of those people to help drive people towards indie apocalypse. Since then, uh, it's just cool people that I like that seem like they make a decent amount of games. So it seems like the kind of person who could make a game in three months, right? So now that is my now my new philosophy is change from ah make sure they have a lot of see if they have a bigger following or they're more established so that they can give a little boost my way as well and now it is ah just people I like yeah I like just, them they're my friends make, just people make cool stuff I want to pay them to make an, another cool thing specifically for this yeah and that is I mean yeah. it, th- that's that's like a great way of going about it and honestly. In the whole, I would say, vibe of, like, a zine, right? Like, yeah. it really just is sort of like a community sort of friends of friends sort of uh, thing, right? Right, like, right. And I am, yeah, yeah. I am a friend with no one, so I am, <laughs> I am so therefore, I am friends with everyone. Ah, uh, don't say that. We're friends now. Th- yeah, this show has made us compatriots. I, I, I am a very uh, per- where I like require very little for um, what's the word? Friendship. <laughs> <laughs> the the barrier of entry is low, as we say in the industry. Yes, I am. <laughs> I remember when I was playing when I remember playing The Sims, the very first hmm. Sims. Yeah, um, and there was something would happen. It'd be like. Friends are like plants. If you don't contact them enough, they'll wither and friendships are like plants. If you don't contact them enough, they'll wither and die. And I'm like, no, that's fine. If you contact me once every five years, we're probably on the same wavelength that we were five years ago. I don't The know. Andrew friendship uh, experience is a frictionless sort of yeah. experience. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. There is also like the layer of uh, uh, a true friend, which is like, um, in my, my in my brain, what is a friend is someone who, if I could uh, come out, if I could go over to your house and I would just lie on your couch and watch movies, and that'd be a fun time. That is an uh, as, a, as a friend. Yeah, like, yeah. How comfortable would I be just laying around their couch for a few hours, not really doing anything in particular? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I I like being able to like because 
I don't know about you. I'm on my phone a lot. But if I can just hang out and play like, you know, Monster Hunter now and just like not have to chime in every once in a while and be like, hey, so tell me about your life. That's like that's a that's a good that's a good uh, friendship to me. I'm 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 extremely low low maintenance. I like it. I, which I say also, so when people go, oh, Andrew never says anything. It's like, I, I, yeah, that's come on the <laughs> damn radio show. This is. I also don't like talking over text especially much. Yeah, yeah. So, um, should we talk about video games? Oh, or, right, uh, yeah, video games. Factory yeah. Hero. What is that thing? Oh yeah, yeah. I made that one. What's, uh, what's it about? It was, what are you doing it? Uh, it's a game where you play as uh, Hiro Kikuchi who is the protagonist and he gets um gets hired at a factory to make a bunch of it's mostly food. I think it's all food. It's been like several years since I last looked at that game, but right. uh, it's, it's been 14 months since I have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you play the game? Cuz yeah. do you play okay, Uh-oh. do you play all the Uh-oh. games that come in? Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, I play all the games. Really? Oh, wow, that's so many Can I swear on this? Am yes, I... you can. Okay, good. There's so many fucking games. Oh <laughs> no, that was the, you. You went too far. Oh, sh- nice. so many farking freaking games. We, we we only allow fake fantasy and sci-fi swears on the show. Oh, <laughs> oh no. No, that's well, fine. I, I'm canceled. I'm I'm podcast canceled now. You, um, now you have to go on my fucking Joe Rogan. No, no, don't say that. You have to tell that's, me about uh, herbal supplements or whatever. There's a fate yeah. worse than death right there. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Oh. Now, see, I've never actually seen Joe Rogan. I've never actually watched or listened to any of it. I, 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 was, I was ready for you to like do like a spot-on impression right there, and I was just going to let it go. No, but no. Now you, you broke the illusion. My, my understanding of Joe Rogan is the, the small bits of that Tim Heidecker uh, parody that I watched. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, man, that's like reminding me that Tim and Eric are so freaking good. I wish they would come back. It's good content. I want a video game of that. You know what let I mean? Me, let me tell you about On Cinema at the Cinema. <laughs> oh, we uh, can't do this now. We cannot just, do this. It just now. came back. It, it, yeah, yeah, totally. And, he is, and Tim is redder than he's ever been. Oh, my God. I love it. I love it. I haven't been keeping up with it just because it's like there's so much you yeah. know but it's like yeah it's such i hate to use the word but it's such good content that is some good content right there it, it, it was a thing i got into in like 2022 you know yeah yeah like, yeah yeah did like, you watch um did you watch uh great job i did i did oh uh, man there was I, a t- like it was like there was a time when I was like, oh, this is stupid stuff because you know the stupidest people I knew liked it. <laughs> but then I was like, oh, this is actually very smart. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. Like it, I think that it toes the line. I think that yeah. there's a lot of things that they're very aware of what they're doing. Yeah, but I also feel like sometimes they're just dumbasses. But that's good, you it, know. It's like I, I, I can't remember their exact description of it, but a long time, uh, 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 multimedia artist. I don't know what is his, 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 uh, practice, his main practices right now, but Chris Straub, uh, I guess yes. most famously does horror work. Yeah. And he said something once about 
like he posted a video and it stuck with me and I don't remember the exact phrase, but something to the fact of they do, they, 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 so, they so extremely deliberately, deliberately do amateurish work. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, for sure. And like Chris is a, um, another, uh, artist that someday I hope to emulate, uh, uh, even a fraction of his like style in my work, you know, like those two are definitely inspirations for uh, games that I would like to make in the future because they're just so unique. I guess is the only word that comes to mind, but like it's it's much more than that, you know. Like yeah, they're very influential to the kind of games that I want to make, stories I want to tell. Yeah, I mean, I am uh, uh, indie apocalypse itself is very much born of. Uh... That that lo-fi uh, public access, uh, yeah, independent yeah, comics yeah. culture. Yeah, I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking just the other day about how because uh, people were talking about uh, the idea that there's too many video games. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I was thinking like games. Um, if you compare games to comics, imagine if comics only had like Marvel and DC and maybe like image and there were no indie comic shows and no zine fest. And that's kind of what games have. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. Like, like what is, what is, what is the SPX equivalent for games? And they're like, <laughs> is zero. There are no, like, yeah, there's no like indie game markets that you go to bring it back to comic cat and doji. you know, there's none of that uh, for, for indie games really. Yeah, yeah. Well, it sounds like um, sounds like a vacuum. So there's an opportunity there. Yes. To uh, make something big, not by me. No, I'm just the ideas guy. And barely by me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, go to indiepodcast.com slash tape club. Um, <coughs> uh, to to start that. No, I'm I'm I definitely am pushing people towards. Uh, what if you went to Zine Fest with games and like, yeah like art markets with games because they're way cheaper folks they're also super cheap <laughs> yeah i don't know what things there are like in your neck of the woods but around here there is like plenty there's like a few that i can go to and they cost 40 dollars. oh well you know that uh that canadian dollar here is not that good so, so like probably 60 dollars canadian more. yeah <laughs> 200 no uh... yeah no i like I've, I've been in canada sometimes and thrown around my american dollars like a king yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, hell yeah. I can buy a coffee crisp for like a dime, like an American dime out you, here. I've, I've expressed this on the show and to Canadians before, but I went, I got like a, some kind of snack bar at, at the checkout and it was under a dollar. Oh, I have. What, what a dream. It sounds nice. I wish I could live that life. It was like, cost me less than one American dollar. And I was like, oh my God, I have not paid less than $2 for, I, I think they're like all over $2 here. Oh man, bro! I like just came back from Japan, and like the food cost there is like ridiculous. It's like so low. You can get like a bowl of like noodles for under ten dollars. Yeah. Now, now you get something from like DoorDash here. It's like twenty dollars right off the bat, right? Without I, even tipping the dash or whatever. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, I've I, I've traveled all like when I go. I love I love going to Canada because I know it's going to be so much cheaper. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, like, uh, it's, it's, it tricks me because it's in dollars. You can yeah. use the same ones, but I'm always like, ah, nowhere near as expensive for me. I can get all the poutine I want. 
We we really need to come up with a different name for the Canadian yeah the Canadian currency so that we don't uh, cause so much uh, confusion with people. Maybe we can just uh, we can go with like beavers. That'll be ten beavers, five loonies. Thank you. Yes, yes. The the true curse we're talking about the true curse of the gig economy in in this in the private chat and also say definitely. I one of one of the things I go to is a flea market, a punk a punk flea market. Um, mm. Is one of the things I've attended in the past, and yes, tapes. Those tapes, tapes are. I, I go to an art market fairly regularly in like a, 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 a kind of like an open air farmers market shopping area, and people they go nuts for these tapes. They're like, "What are those things?" I'm like, "They're video games." They're like, "What? This is so cool." It's a great idea, and I uh, love the spinning gift that you got going on here. Thank it's you. Loved. Of it being showcased. Well, let me tell you a little secret here. Uh, mm-hmm. I, that is, I made that, and that is an actual tape that I spun with my hand. That's incredible. If you eagle, eagle-eyed viewers will notice in the top corner, you can see my fingers. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. That is, there's I, a little something there. Yeah, I, I spun that with my fingers and recorded it on my cell phone, and then removed the background. Ever you're ever resourceful if yeah. uh, if I do say so myself. It is FMV is a true pleasure. I wish I could one day make FMV games. This, okay, okay. This this is a great segue because I have a a, a second interviewer question for you. Hold on, let me yes. get the did I just watch out. a video about Darkseed? I did. Yeah, <laughs> you like that, huh? Um, hold on, let me let me get you this question. Um. Do- is Phantasmagoria Puzzle Flesh one of my favorite games that I will never that, play? Yes. That is not that is not the question. The question okay. is, if you were to make a game, what game would you... Ha, first of all, have you made a game? I've have made, you made a video I, game? Indiepocalypse, uh, the secret origin story, is it's made out of me making games and then going, I don't want to make a kind of game that... Uh, I want to get paid for the game, but th- th- there's no way to sell the kind of games I want to make. What if I brute forced the market for that into existence? And, here and you became the seller. Genius. Genius. And I was like, well, if people won't respect uh, paying $5 for a 30-minute game, I will sell them 10 of them until that they until they do finally respect it. Mm, mm, mm. No, that's a, that's a great way of doing it. You became the man, yes. but like a cooler version of the man. Yeah. I, I, I saw no market, so I created it. Um, that's awesome. Um, um, but I'm also yeah, actually I am actively making a game right now. Mm. Oh yeah, well, um, do you want to talk about I, it? I, or? I, can, I can talk about it very quick. We're wrapping up the segment, but I'll mention it very yeah. quickly. It's part of yeah. that Iron Circus collab that's coming out this year in June-ish. It's a fake. Mm. It's a fake, uh, uh, like retrospective collection of a company that never existed. Okay. So, so I'm, I'm liking what I'm hearing. John Charles Holmes, and we're doing like making like an LCD game and a and like an Atari game and like probably an FMV game, and we're making like a fake chronology of a a, a, a like a cult studio that isn't real. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah, yeah, I feel like that could uh, that sounds like something that could have legs for like more in the future you know what i mean it like is. you can always build on top of it yeah that's uh, that was also part of the reason i pitched that idea to him was because it's like we make the base and then we can add as many or as few games as we can time allowing you know 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, like, I mean, it's such, like, a rich vein, I feel like. Like, who hasn't heard about the game company that sort of, like, fizzled out of existence but has this, like, long legacy of, like, varying properties, right? Like, yeah. Some someone will ask in a Discord, like, you know, who even owns, I don't know, like, right. Burning Rangers anymore, you know? Like, oh, let's do a, let's, like... Uh, do a deep dive on that sort of thing and then find out all this other shit about it. But speaking of deep dives, I've got, yes, but you know, I've got a couple deep dive questions for you. What's your favorite type of rock? My favorite type of rock is the citrine and follow up. Do mm. you have a favorite Toho character? I don't know their name. What's the name of that character that, uh, serves street food. <sighs> They do like the cooking or whatever, and they have like the little antlers. Oh, okay. I was see now. I was thinking of the the little bird person who runs the izakaya because there's that game. Uh, oh, maybe maybe that's what I'm thinking. No, they're oh, a bird me... though. Yeah, yeah, they're a bird. Maybe I was thinking of that because mm. there's the... it's it's the one that runs the izakaya, and you can steal from them in the Lost Branch with no penalty. <laughs> oh, well, Lost Branch shop. Let me see. I don't... House branch shop Izakaya. Is it Takane? Yes. Yes. Why was I thinking deer? Yeah, Takane. Okay. Nailed it. Is... Oh, okay. No, she's like the weird military person. Yes. She was also. Anyways, yeah, that one. Yeah, she's all... I believe she's also in the uh, 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 that ladybug. Uh, 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 the other game. She's inside that ladybug. That ladybug game, the one that's kind of like a um, Metroidvania sort of. Their games are like kind of they're like quote unquote Metroidvanias, but they're more like level based games, you know. Did you play that rhythm one with the dancing? No. The... I... You know which one I'm talking about, though, right? No. What? Uh, I'm gonna. Now, see, now I have to look it up. Okay, well, you look it up. We're going to go on break. (laughs) Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Well, thank you for joining me here. we got another guest coming up. I'm looking for my, there is Fubar, found you, you little sneaky little guy. Um, We'll be back in about two minutes and 42 seconds. Uh, Goodbye for now. Oh, we're doing it. Hello, welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. That was Super Chunk with what was that? New bruises, new and new bruises like the metal. Uh, we're here with our next and final guest of the show uh, from Indie Apocalypse issue number forty-six. It's not fourteen months ago. Still relatively fresh and new. Uh, Daniel Savage <laughs> with Boils, Otters, Valor, and Death. Hello, welcome to the show. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh, my favorite kind of rock is quartz because it helps us make clocks. And my favorite Toho character is Marisa because um, you have that risk and reward of having to dart quickly. And she's very devil may care, which she seems very fun. She likes to steal stuff. Yeah. And, you know, like there's this cacophony of bullets going on, right? So, yeah. like, if she's like, that was nothing, you're so foolish, it's like, yeah, go, Marisa. 
I'm here for it. A very, a very popular choice. Yeah, I'm basic that way. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Sometimes popular choices are popular for a reason, you know? Hmm. I hope you don't mind me just getting it all out of the gate. I no, just no. was nervous. <laughs> that, that is like glad to, glad to have someone prepared, ready to go. Sometimes people yeah. will be the third guest and they'll be like, oh, I had so much time to prepare, but I never answered it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. Burning I don't Rangers. know. How... Yeah, Sega definitely owns Burning Rangers. Yeah, just for anyone keeping score at home. Yes, it's definitely them. And, I, and so far as I can tell... Burning Rangers did never appear in an RGG game, also known as Secret Emulators for Sega Games. M2, get on it. Yeah, they got to. Like best best way to buy best way to buy a copy of VF4 <laughs> is Yakuza. It's true. I think like um I think the Sonic the Fighters community is pretty stoked about that game being emulated, which I did not know there was a Sonic the Fighters competitive community yeah i was very impressed if honestly if i i have sitting inside of my playstation right now is a <laughs> copy of lost judgment where i could boot up sonic the fighters right now and play it against someone <laughs> uh what character would you pick if you played sonic the fighters fang. i would be fang because mm, as a gun fang has a gun that's why mm. fang was my main when i played through when i got all my points inside of judgment the original joke. Oh, I was like, nice. Sometimes like I'll play the the games and I oh, man, VF rules is my <laughs> from uh, playing them for my completion points. Is man, VF kicks ass. But what do you like about VF? I think it's just like it's, it's like it's it's snappy and like it just moves well. I don't know. I just think it's cool. Like, it's got it's, that Sega energy. Yeah. Uh, but I also, I'm also like a, a sicko who like loves like thinks the Yakuza games are actually a lot of fun <laughs> to play. Like the combat, I'm like uh huh, uh huh, sign me up for that. I don't know mm. if that is popular if people like the the beat 'em up, but it's like I love the beat 'em up of it. I feel like Yakuza has like a big following of people who have JRPG brain because it follows like a JRPG flow, right? It does. But like, and now they are just Japanese role playing, or in the more traditional sense, they are now JRPGs. Yeah, yeah. I don't mean that in a dismissive way, no, but no, I, I can totally, I can totally understand if someone's like, "This is like a pristine beat 'em up sort of thing." No, like, Daniel, we're here to know. break down JRPGs. This is what the show is here for. What are JRPGs? What are not JRPGs? Uh, JRPGs are sick. Um, they're like a magical novel with a bit of resource management and a character you just love. It's um, Final Fantasy VI a JRPG. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I give it the pass as yes. Arbiter. If that's our our Etrian Odyssey JRPGs. I mean, I feel like if you're published by Atlas, you just you get it free. Is, yeah. fa is Fantasy Star a sandwich? The important question. Um, I, I'm going to change the subject by pivoting. I really want to make a bootleg Fantasy Star. Like, clearly, like, not Fantasy Star, but, like, just, like, the same, like, yeah. kind of premise of, like, four wacky misfits jumping around planets with an evil empire. I... Like, I I fairly recently, relatively recently, within like you know, uh, oh. <laughs> I saw temptation in the chat. Um, 
Um, I saw very recently. I played relatively recently in the past few years. I played through. I believe the first three Fantasy Star games. Um, and mm. They're cool as hell. Um, you f- feel like you should go play four if you played the first. I realized. Thing. I realized I stopped before I played. I, I stopped before I played four. I stopped playing all. The, I was playing all the FromSoft games. I stopped at Last Raven. <laughs> um, mm. <laughs> I stopped at all the best ones. You know. Yeah. Well, I mean, you can save that for when uh, you're in the retirement home and you don't have as much to do. The nurses are putting you on stabilizing drugs. You just yeah. got to keep busy. Like, I'm saving Persona 4 for that. Right. Well, you know, Infinite yeah. Wealth is coming out this month. So I was like, I got to f- polish off all those those RGG games I haven't beaten, you know? <laughs> True. Because, um, I, 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 you know... I, I play oh. a lot of it. it's that's the thing. Like I think searching for a uh Yeah a proper a proper co- I I talked about canon up front in the show in the bio thing, but as part of it is like I think it's like an important like a, a varied diet, you know? Mm. Like I like You gotta have Go ahead, sorry. No, go ahead. You go. I know. I heard one person in a like a crass fashion say that they were only gonna eat pizza and multivitamin gummies and i wondered what the video game consumption equivalent of that would be like only playing sony first party games and then like one mario party yeah (laughs) right yeah anyway i don't know (laughs) sorry go ahead it is that similar yeah it's like no i play a bunch of weirdo indie shit for indie apocalypse and then i'm like I like to mainline some of this kind of the stuff that I like. I want I want melodramatic men tearing their shirts off to expose <laughs> sick back tattoos. <laughs> beat the Sweet. shit out of each other. And then play Sonic the Fighters. And then play Sonic the Fighters. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, that is... Uh... Do you have any... Um... How do you feel about the Tales games? Um... Uh, so I feel like everybody has their first JRPG, yeah. and then that becomes something you're very, like, attached to because it introduced JRPG tropes to you. Yes. And uh, thank you, Andrew, um, for letting me talk about this. But um, I was just a Nintendo baby on the Nintendo GameCube as an 11-year-old. Uh, 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 oh, geez, an 11-year-old. I was also uh, 12 years old when the GameCube came out, of course. Yes, uh, oh, you can crucify me now for saying that. Uh, but uh, Tales of Symphonia, with its two-disc magic, which was mind-blowing to me, uh, filled that JRPG slot. Well, they're bringing, I could have been in... They're bringing it back. To, they're bringing two, the return of two discs this year. It's, they're coming back with them. Yeah, I mean, Blu-rays can only be so big. Um, I could have like, played... Too big for us. I could have played Final Fantasy like a normal person, but... Yeah. No, I just had to have that sicko brain going. And I know, it tells us fun, you know? No, I, I I mentioned it because I was, before the show started, I was looking to buy uh, import cop. I was looking on eBay at copies of Tales of Fantasia. Hi! Oh, yeah. I have the, uh, when I lived uh, with my partner in Kobe, Japan, I found the PS1 copy of Tales of Fantasia at a, mom and pop game shop that smelled like cigarette smoke and i bought it and it's my little treasure oh, don't know no, enough I, japanese to play it. actually go ahead sorry i i joked but i actually i don't wait i didn't that was that wasn't tales of fantasia i was 12 when the gamecube came out <laughs> <laughs> uh so i'm not that old Whew. 
Do you want to play Tales of Fantasia from start to finish I did. sort of thing? Okay, you did. I did, but I like to I like to I like to have physical uh, unsurprisingly I like to have physical things. Mm. I like the I, I have the the the, oh. the aesthetic of it. I keep a PlayStation 2 remake copy of Fantasy Star 1 as a memento on my desk for inspiration. I've not played it cuz it is in Japanese like Tales of Fantasia, but I like that they had the audacity to remake such a wonky game. So yeah, I, I keep that close. I, I, I think it's... I, I get very obsessed with uh, old games occasionally. Or just like, I get very obsessed with series of games. Mm. I noticed in the Indiepocalypse Discord, there's like this archive chat about Armored Core. Right. That, um, because no one participated and I had did not have the interest to uh, motivate people to do so. Hmm. Was this before they announced a big fancy remake of it and like yes. brought the series back? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, before that was well you're, before. Fully you're ahead of your time, Andrew. You're like the real deal. Well, I was playing fucking Armored Core when I when it came out. It was cool. <laughs> you could make giant robots. <laughs> oh, and it had like a fake online sort of thing like that. Yeah. Like you pretend emailed like in like dot hack. Yes. Right. Hmm. I I've. I thought about dot hack sometimes. I think about dot hack sometimes too. Um, hmm. But that, yeah. is, that is like, I I get fascinated by that era. I, I brought up tales because also I do love the thing I was doing before I dipped into FromSoft was play tales games. Hmm. I'm currently partway through uh, that one that did not come out in the U.S. I don't think, or maybe it did, but like the director's cut did not. Oh, I forget the name of it. Uh, uh, Des- Tales of Destiny. Is, it, is that what Tales of Destiny? I wouldn't know. And I just zoned out and then looked at the sassy chat messages Balbino was sending me. So I didn't process that line, but I trust you. Yeah. I trust your judgment, Andrew. Tales of Destiny. <laughs> yeah. It is. Um, but Tales mm-hmm. games are cool. But speaking of games that are cool, tell me, we have, we've got all this long way without telling me about your game. What is tell us i have to look it up so i have to memorize the exact order of things <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh you uh, want me to talk about my game valor and death i know right i regret the name but i no, probably will name. thank myself later for sticking with it well, i guess it's a good name but it's not uh uh snap it does have that snappy social media whatever you know mm. no, but it's a good so name. i've got i've got the crumpled up magazine page yes that I used for the uh, PDF that you received with Indiepocalypse Forty Six. I, I have a non-crumbled up one on a, 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 further on the other side of this room that I received from you with a very yeah, because nice I mailed it to you. because yes. I'm a because I like to get rid of my old photocopies that way. Yes, but I'll give a premise of it based off this magazine page right now. There are two things known to be certain in this world: those who have the power of the boils and monsters like Rot the Otter King. Our story follows four people whose boils grant them incredible powers. Their mission? Infiltrate the Marble Manor, fight past the Lutrinian army, and slay the Otter King. All those who have boils are charged with this noble duty, and the punishment for desertion is death. That's uh, that's the premise of the game. And what a premise it is. And it is like... (laughs) How do do I say this? It feels like... um... 
a game I would come across when I play if if I was like digging through a company's back catalog. It's almost it's like a, it's like a knit your rose game. I mean that complimentary. <laughs> uh, thank you. Like, it was a. Uh... Oh, go ahead, sir. No, it has like that that weird density that is like uh, you go, and also I say this is it's another compliment. It has the weird density that dooms something to obscurity. Mm, good. Um, Belbino made a tweet in a previous year talking about how you can like sometimes you'll make a game, but you'll be proud of it and your work. Yeah. But sometimes you might be like, well, I'm done with this game. I've made it. I'm tired out. Sort of thing. And I think this is the first game I've played where I've sat down and I've replayed it because I replayed it for this talk. Yeah. And I said, wow, I am scratching my own itch. I really <laughs> yes. like this sicko gameplay. I I want to play more of this game I made. And that was that was very affirming for me. I never thought I would get there. So um, I was I was really happy that Indie Apocalypse let me um, make it over like three or four months. It was it was a lot of fun. Sort of thing. Yeah, that so. is like the, the I touched on it you know, in the commission slot, um, and really the indie pop or the previous segment, but the commission slot is really just like for someone just go out and make their most sicko stuff, you know, make their most self-indulgent work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to drop some inspiration to your lore that okay. I probably should. Uh, uh, when I was born, my mother noticed, shoot, this child has a lot of eczema like I have. I hope it's not antibiotics or whatever modern affliction is doing this. And got real, real bad in 2022. So it was kind of fun to uh, translate that into boils and other anxieties I had about the world and put that into a very like strange like work sort of thing. Maybe a little TMI for your healthy Saturday afternoon podcast. Oh, this is... I mean, that's only if you're listening on a Saturday afternoon. You could listen to it any other day of the week as well. It clocked over into Saturday morning here on the Pacific Coast. But uh, I'm assuming most people are listening in the afternoon because the Pacific is behind everyone else. Yeah, and I'm I'm on the East Coast, of course. Uh, Mm. Very far away. But the East Coast seems more quaint and scenic to me. I don't know, but I've never been there, so I don't know. It's fine, I suppose. It's a region. trademark. Fine. All regions, <laughs> all regions identical. Is it exactly like um, Moonrise Kingdom? Uh, maybe if you're rich and live on Nantucket or something. Hmm. Okay. Well, I had to ask. I... I just I just needed to know that deep down if that vile truth was true. Where where is that little where is that little guy? Where is that fellow from? Um, he does have a very I, like Connecticut vibe to him. Oh, he's born, oh, of course he's from Texas. Fucking bottle rockets in Texas. Uh, right. Wait, Wes Anderson's from Texas? Yeah. You're telling me that he spent his entire life trying too hard? Goodness gracious. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Right, because I'm not the, trying too hard. Like the, I'm being mean. Because like all the Wilsons were in Texas, I think. Aren't those where those guys are from? Oh, is he from Austin? Uh, Houston. Houston. Wow. No. Wow. Austin's premier auteur filmmaker is that other guy. Uh, what's his face? Makes movies where people talk to a lot, talk a lot, and they're all very deliberate. Um, why am I forgetting his name? Made a uh, uh, the movie where everyone walks around all the time. Slacker. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. The, 
the the before trilogy. I'm can't, I'm upset that I'm blanking on his name. Mm. Anyway, that um, I don't. I'll admit I don't know a lot about movies. And I was reading uh, the like the Legends of 16-bit Game Development about Treasure, that book about Treasure's history. Yeah. And there's a bit with like an interview with Maegawa, like the founder. And he's like, oh, I don't read a lot of books and I don't watch a lot of movies. I just play a lot of video games. And that doesn't make me well-rounded. And I often have to like read about the work if we're doing a licensed game. And I was like, oh, if he can make it, maybe I can too. Yeah. <laughs> being ignorant. I don't know. Go ahead. Sorry. No. I feel like I'm... Andrew, I feel like I'm dominating this. I'm sorry. I'm here every single week. Daniel, you're here this week and <laughs> other weeks too. But... Oh my gosh. It's true. People I don't know what I'd do if I came back. Yeah, people don't need to come here and have me ramble about whatever, you know? And just like, mm. oh, look, Andrew's talking about movies or something or books. Mm. Let me tell you about the dying earth or whatever. What if I'm you talking? could make... Sorry, I have a question now for you. Sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. Um, if you could make a licensed game about a movie, what game would you make? You have to license a movie. Like, you know. Yes. Okay, a movie. Hmm. Now, now, now see, here's my brain is, is, of, is of two minds, you know. And mm. is, do I try to faithfully adapt the film? Right. Like adapt the ideas of a film into a game or do I go in inverse direction and I do like a a 16-bit era sort of quasi related to the film but it's like an action platformer kind of thing. Only Make your choice. Only that that's the trouble that I'm trying to run into that I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> Cuz like I'm like because my, my, my instinct, because it was fresh in my brain, is like, how would I adapt Moonrise Kingdom into a game? How would I adapt Wes Anderson into a game? And, like, mm. the answer feels too straightforward that they're adventure games, you know? But it's too it's too obvious. It feels like too, too like, adapting the work without adding to the work, you know? Without interpreting the work. Mm. So I'd have to try to figure out something else. And I don't know. I'll have to think about this further. Daniel, if you had to adapt... A f and I'll give you even a broader answer. If you had to adapt anything, any work into a uh, into a game, if you were if you if you got your hands on any license, which one would you want? It sounds basic, but it's January sixth, twenty twenty four, and I just really want to like Mickey Mouse has been trapped in hell for like what like ninety six years. Yeah. Like, I feel like I want Mickey and his captain of his ship to escape hell. Like this is their chance. This is their moment to be free and move towards the future. Like I want to make a, like a steamboat Willie art project. Well, right. Like, well, good news for you. <laughs> Mickey should kiss Pete. That's true. You, Thank you. you Bill Bino. I would think within very specific parameters, you can do that and people will go crazy for it as. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know. Sorry, do you mind if I keep going? Yeah, go ahead. This, okay. Mickey's like, you know, he was a real shit in uh, Steamboat Willie, and Pete was really mean in yeah. Steamboat Willie. Like, they're mean to animals and mean to each other. And what if they were just, like, cringing at their past selves and full of regret and learning to move on? Like, that feels like, I don't know, I want to make that. <laughs> uh, make it fast enough, you get that big press. I realized what I wanted to do, and I figured it mm. out. 
Um, and the answer is stalker. I want to make stock. I would want to make stalker. I don't what, know. uh, how, how would you want to spin on stalker? I, I don't know yet, but I, I would, I would spend, thir- I would spend 13 years trying to unpack stalker in my brain and mm. unpack what making a stock. Frequent listeners of the show will know that after I watch stalker, I pace around my room for a long time. And then I always think about stalker. Um, uh, it's just <laughs> like. It's been so long since like a piece of art like penetrated so deep into me, you know. Mm. But I don't know what a stalker gave, because I feel like stalker with guns is the obvious solution, right? That's what people do, and it's like no, that's not the answer. Like that's not the essence of what stalker is. Going into a weird place and shooting things. But anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know what that game would be, but that's what it would be. That would be a, a mad opus that I would try to unpack. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it. Would you rather make a rope game than a stick game when it comes to stalker or like? I don't know what you is that. Are these game game design terminologies? I don't know what they. No, it's even worse. Um, it uh so in a science fiction, big budget, self indulgent, problematic video game called Death Stranding. Ah, yes. uh, you deliver packages and. Uh, having a stick or a gun fighting people is kind of thematically like very like deconstructed and discouraged sort of yeah. thing like that uh like and in the end you have to be a rope and connect people sort of thing and i'm not saying stalker would be like that but is it there's kind of this dichotomy between rope and stick in it to the point even where like one of the final bosses like even is like this is it gun versus package rope versus stick and then the camera zooms in on his face and he's like just a good old-fashioned fucking boss fight um <laughs> you know and, say what you will about her dave kojima uh yeah and metal gear but fuck dude is out there trying stuff <laughs> yeah i have a lot to respect that that much money went towards that end um but maybe you need to make a rope game rather than a stick game for yeah. stalker i i don't know but all i know is that is that is what i would it just just so long as I would need to excise it from my brain. Although I don't think that mm-hmm. would work. I think they would just borrow it further within. You'd keep pacing and thinking about Stalker. Yeah, yeah. There's like, is there even anything in it? Like, what is? It's that part where they just lie down for like twenty minutes and there's a dog. Mm. Anyway, anyway, go out there, everyone. Just carve out three hours and watch Stalker. I feel like I want to do Solaris because a very kind intern at my last job really liked Solaris and he grew up in Russia and he was like, it's just, I I was inspired by that. I want to make something like Solaris. And I was like, damn, you cruel kid. I I just watched Solaris recently and also Solaris does also, let's let's all just, folks go out there and watch very slow paced Russian sci-fi. Really indulge yourself in Tarkovsky for a little while. Yeah, who knows? You might end up in 13 Sentinels. Yes. Yeah, you, like that's, I mean, that's the benefit of, I think, having like a, a varied uh, artistic diet is you don't know like how it will influence your other work, you know? And like how, like, if you like, if you only play video games, that's just how you end up with more video games, you know? Mm-hmm. Definitely. And that is like how how video games can feel samey is like oh my influence is is and it's not even like watching stuff sometimes your influence can be walking outside mm-hmm. but 
But speaking of uh, influences, uh, I'm influencing you all subconsciously and subtly with this show by playing music. Because we're going to be playing music. Thank, Daniel, thanks for joining me. Our segment, I believe, has come to an end. I'm looking at my time. I forgot to time it. But if I defy this thing by three, we've definitely gone over. Um, thanks for listening, Bill, everyone. It's been a lot of fun. But we're going to be back with a group segment after um, two minutes and 41 seconds, approximately. Uh, goodbye for now. Hello, welcome back to Indie Apocalypse Radio. Uh, that was Whisper Town with There Are No Worries. We're back with the whole crew is here. Everyone is here and free to just run their mouth, not within the, the confines of our group chat, but within the confines of the show as well. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Don't hey, say hey. fuck. It's, Don't it's say not allowed. Twitch. No. Uh, this is, this is a, I, I, I said this before, Indie Apocalypse is a zine for adults. Um, even if it does not contain quote unquote adult content all the time. Rated M for mature. It is, but like emotionally mature. <laughs> what? Why'd you make me make a game? That's ridiculous. Okay. I was, I thought if you told me I had to be emotionally mature, I'd be like, oh, I can't do that. Ah. I'm not allowed here. Yeah. No, that is, it's the, cause I've, I've, I've had people definitely ask before, like, oh, what's a good gay, what's a good issue for kids? And I'm like, None of them. Yeah, like, <laughs> all of them, but none of them, because like they don't. It doesn't technically contain like objectionable material in a lot of cases, but like contains uh, complicated ideas a lot of the time. Okay, so your producer or whatever comes up to you and is like, "Look, we need to hit that like kid that's, market." That's me. I'm what I'm is... our producer. <laughs> okay, so you 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 walk up to the mirror. Yeah, and you go. I gotta hit that kid market. What a? What are you naming? What are you renaming Indie Apocalypse so that people know it's for kids? And B, what kind of games are going on there? Uh, uh, Roblox Is this Two, like the for kids uh, treatment. Yes, uh, re- replacing all the complicated ideas with less complicated ideas. Uh, <laughs> the equivalent, whatever the equivalent of taking out guns is. See, like I don't think that's fair. I think no. that you're allowed to have like complicated stuff like given to kids but yeah. like i do feel like you know probably get rid of the guns you I, know i think the answer is probably that it actually is great for kids but they're like kids are more precocious than you think they are yeah yeah it's true it's but true when people say what's good for kids i think they are thinking what is stuff for babies yeah <laughs> but can, but, can but, we get any of those like um what are the they called sensory videos but for for ASMR? video games <laughs> yeah but then also i'm I'm sure if it would take me very few clicks on youtube.com to find someone in their 30s analyzing b movie so uh <laughs> who am i to judge the 12 year old who wants to play an emotionally dense bitsy game you know you know like in that in that time i was playing um oh what, there was like this what was it called Yume Nikki, I yeah. think. Mm. And that is, like, not a great game for kids. But, like, it definitely was something I was playing when I was that around but, that age. But, but also, they're, they're great games for kids. It is, but it's also a great game for kids. Because you get to be a kitty cat or a big hand. <laughs> and, and kids, if nothing else, are obsessed with trying to understand the universe, you know? What are you, yeah. what are you more pretentious than when you're, like, 13, you know? 
It's the perfect what? time to play a Tales game. Yeah. Oh, stop! Sure. You gotta <laughs> stop. To play a Tales game. <laughs> oh my god! I feel like if you play a Tales game when you're at that impressionable age, you get Daniel, which is like import- important. But look, we got we got one already. <laughs> hey, I also played Tales games at thirteen. So. <laughs> oh my god! That. I also That's Quorum. I also played Tales of Fen- Symphonia around when it came out. Okay. Wow. What, what 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 were the other RPGs that you would have played around that era that are not Tales? Oh, I, because... I, I had I had both Final Fantasies on the Super Nintendo. You know, yeah. I was yeah. playing all those video games. All of them. I, were I you had, a? I had were you Final a Fantasy Seven. I hear you might have heard of it before. It's 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 a it's a little game, little known game by an indie company called um, Squeenix. Square Soft. Uh, Square Soft. They didn't even have the Enix yet. No, no, they did not. I, I've I've was dipping into Enix games occasionally too. I think I I played a little bit of Star Ocean. Dragon's Whoa. Warrior. Dra- Dragon Dragon Quest Seven. Uh, oh was... right, Dragon Warrior is what they were called in North America, and then they got, then they realized, wait, that's stupid. Let's right. just go back to Dragon Quest. And that I, I believe that was with Seven. Yeah. No, no. Was eight. that the Eight is the first one I played. Was that okay? Which is the one with Taloon? Is that Seven? No, Eight is the Eight. Eight's the PS2 one. Eight's the PS2 one. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Seven. Okay, I'm gonna get my Dragon Quest soapbox first. Dragon Quest okay. is kind of cool. Uh, <laughs> I played. <laughs> Uh, I think all of them except for eleven. I went through a real dra- uh, a running theme. I get hung up on series. And I just like play through all of them, mm. um, and I played through like all of the Dragon Quest games up till like eleven. I think maybe I didn't play. No, ten's like an MMO, right? Yeah, oh, ten is yeah, ten yeah. is very online. Yeah, and and nine is the the DS one, right? Where you're an angel. Oh. That one is really good. I like how you can play multiplayer in that one. Yes. Okay. So I did. I play. I have played all of them except for eleven. Wow. Um, Which one's your favorite? No, you know what? I didn't finish eight. I I, I skipped over eight. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but eight was the one I was going to talk. No, seven rather. Seven. Seven was the one I was talk about. So in seven, at, at the beginning of seven, spoilers. Uh, you can't talk about media without spoiling it. But also, yes. can you really spoil things to some extent? Um, Run, run if you were planning on playing it, and don't look back. Yes, no, no, play it even more. At the beginning of eight, there's a thing where there's like a a monster, someone like someone who's like a corrupted monster sort of thing, and my instinct is like, well, I don't want to fight them, and you can choose to not fight them. You can run away from the battle, and that like, like, and then there's like a NPC there, it's like I'm gonna try and kill them instead. So they're like running against them, and you can like stand between them, and mm. the creature mm. eventually like kills himself or like you know passes on on their own mm. but like the options that exist within like a dragon quest game i was like these are smart that... clever options that you would think of it'd be like in your uh progresso art game or whatever and but they're like that's moral choice in gaming baby and but it wasn't and like it wasn't obvious it was like through the through like the mechanisms of dragon quest you know yeah it's smart it's smart um, i real played this one i'm looking at it now it's the green hat yes. little dude right yes, yeah 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 guy. yeah i feel like the games that 
the only one that I really remember is the one that I mentioned earlier, which is uh, the one with uh, Taloon and the different chapters. Yes, that that the one with the um, like the, yes, where you get to be the shopkeeper for one chapter. Yeah, yeah, which is also really cool. Yes, I really yeah. enjoyed that. But like, I felt like as the series progressed, I got less and less interested in the writing for Dragon Quest. It's <laughs> it's. Just... <laughs> it just felt so like boring even though like you know it, it was very like it felt like coming home seeing right. like a slime you know and seeing a dracky or whatever being like oh yeah these are like these are like people from my hometown yeah right. i can't wait to hang out with you for another you know 20 levels or whatever right but like the writing has always been just getting worse and worse <laughs> yeah there's certain like there's a Sometimes you don't go for it for the stellar. It, it feels it's like it feels like uh, genre fiction, I guess. Genre fiction, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like very serviceable genre fiction. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, yeah, it's swords and sorcery. I don't know what I'm getting into. There's nothing too exciting about it. It's like not mm. bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's not You're just not gonna get anything revolutionary. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. And sometimes I like that. Sometimes I'll sit and watch something that's not like uh, I watched a bunch of real, real trash last night. A lot of real hard. A friend and I like to watch trashy movies. Uh, Who doesn't? And they're like not high art or anything, but like they're cool sometimes. Mm -hmm. They got ideas going on. And they they got like they got like a layer of the white worm is not high art, but it's cool as hell. Yeah, and very trashy. But, but anyway, art, video games. The, uh, we're getting right into it now on the Indie Apocalypse number one hundred and thirty-three. Our Finally, video, our video the games art. Who knows? Are they? Are they art? Oh, we, we can finally. It. They are. They are. Oh, well. End of show. <laughs> they are. Thanks for coming, everyone. Because art is <laughs> art is not a qualitative measurement. It's, uh, <laughs> tons of them are bad. Tons of them are yeah. bad. Yeah. And, I feel like that, like argument, yeah. like the that's like the quintessential video game forum, like discussion in like the aughts. You know what I mean? Like, are right. video games art? And now it's just like, what are you stupid? <laughs> right? <laughs> like, but, what are you talking about? But it's it's at the same. T- the question is like, does do video games explore uh, the human condition? Do they do they explore things in the same way that other art tends to? And you go. Eh. Uh, often not as much probably not <laughs> no they're very commercial actually yeah. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. Uh, i i tell this to, i say this constantly i mentioned even on the show someone should if you're if you're listening go out there go to the go into the internet type gq top 100 games and then go to sight and sound poll 2024 and just look at those two lists side by side and you're like Huh? Mm. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, 2023 or is it 2022? Whatever the most recent sight, most recent sight and sound poll was, and and like perfect encapsulation of like how the mediums are so drastically different from one another. 
Yeah. There's there's only one way to re- truly remedy this um, blight on the video game industry, and that is to defeat Jeff Keighley in combat <laughs> and take yeah. take him out from his uh, his uh, his crystal castle and finally bring games back to gamers. Who deserve Return it. the games to the gamers. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure we'll power give back, it back you know. to the gamers, though? Have they earned yeah. it? That's true. <laughs> yeah. You, you got to be real good this year, gamers, if you want games back. What if instead we skipped gamers entirely? Oh. Oh, now we're talking. We brought games to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> we, can't, we can't give them to gamers. We can't give it to commercial entities. Who's left? That's yeah. everyone. It's 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 just Sonic the Fighters fans out here. Like, oh, goodness yeah. gracious. The only goodness people, gracious. The only people who deserve video games. No, but mm. it's true. I, I would I I would constantly I'm constantly telling people how much I think in the mood for love is very much like the Witcher Three Wild Hunt. Really? Actually? Yeah. Is it? No, how? No, not the slightest. Oh, oh, oh okay. I was yeah. like I thought you were serious and i was like wow i want to hear this no I, I i could not find like i would i just picked the two i picked the two number fives at random and i was like oh. no but Mass Effect I could... two... perfect oh. the, the two number six is actually an ideal comparison point mass effect okay. 2 and 2001 a space odyssey oh no truly comparable explorations of humanity's place in space Okay, we've been on a little bit of a JRPG talk. Yeah. Mm. And I feel like with Mass Effect, sometimes I see like studios started by like the people who made Mass Effect or they make like Mass Effect Andromeda and they're all they're always like, How about that space exploration? And I'm like I'm like, Did you play Mass Effect? It's all about the dorky sci fi family. Like really? like why 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 do they never pivot on the dorky sci fi family sort of thing? Like I don't. I don't know. Do people like? Am I off base with Mass Effect? Like, I don't know. I want my dorky sci-fi family, but they never seem to give it to me the way I want. Yeah, I. I, I watched a playthrough of. Uh, sorry, Brian. Do you have some of this? Feel free to cut me off if I'm talking, ever. Um. But I. It. It. It, it, it <laughs> feels like it would benefit from just being episodic in ways. You know, I like the idea. There was like a, an adventure game based on the Star Trek original series that was just like, you're playing an episode. Oh. And it's like, that's a cool approach of like, and you can like do bad at it. Like what if Kirk went into this episode of Star Trek and just fucked up real bad. And just like, I love that idea of just like, Oh man, I screwed up big time. That guy tricked me. I, I, all these people died. I didn't smart my way through it. And, and then you get kind of because you get like scored at the end. At the end, the... it's like how many aliens did Kirk fuck this episode? <laughs> and if it's zero, that's just a fail, yeah. right off the bat. You get like you get the three star like empty <laughs> slot, and none of them are filled in. Because <laughs> <laughs> you filled nothing of your own. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Um, oh. Andrew, this is too raunchy of the show. This show's too raunchy for the show. What the fuck? Oh. What the fuck indeed. 
I know. Oh I've been, my God. I've been watching that show that is the TOS, the original series. That is my thing that I bought a DVD of and then – or Blu-ray, rather. That's the other thing. It's like I I realize if, if – unless you're like a crazy binging person, um, it's so much cheaper just to buy a show mm-hmm. than just like watch it all and then instead of just like paying for streaming services. Yeah. Then you have it on your shelf. Right. And like – It'll take me months, if not a year, to watch all of that show. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but also, I, 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 cause it got me obsessed with like sets, you know, and like, and like I know this isn't real, but it's like, that's the point. Like we, humans can accept <laughs> we have like, uh, we can suspend our disbelief on things. It's why like yeah. low-fi stuff and low-res stuff works in games. It doesn't need to be hyper-realism hyper-realistic, you know. Mm-hmm. I find low resolution in 3D, like, such a, a relief because yeah. suddenly you don't have to fill, like, a 1080p or a 4K screen with buckets of detail and buckets of pixel. You can just make an impression on the audience. It's very nice. Yeah, like, those, like a lot of those games, like, don't look worse, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your mind fills in the blanks, and then you're like, oh, it's a weird little car. Right. That's great. Like, have people heard of this thing called uh, live theater? <laughs> <laughs> they do not build diners and a million different locations for those live theaters to take place in, but people still believe that these things are happening. Mm, yeah, the suspension of disbelief. Right. The, the human ability to uh, uh, believe in the stories, you know? Has there been an indie apocalypse game that has given you suspension of disbelief? The best, Andrew, given you're the indie apocalypse curator. Um, I, I don't know. I think all of all of them. Like just no, you. Ah, huh. ah, ah no. shucks. Hmm. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. Like the thing is, like I, because I'm also a bad person to ask for this kind of thing because I'm, uh. A real freak about it i just kind of can dive into everything you know more or less yeah i think i was uh self-indulgent enough to ask you for feedback on the game and you're like yeah it's fine it's yeah. good daniel had fun yeah, i was like, like all right like, I don't, i'm like i'm a bad person asking like this because i will like <laughs> unless you make something boring i'm always going to be like interested mm. that's a good thing to be for a podcast host yes right right it's uh, no, you can't be impartial like this. You got to tell us right now which one is, is your favorite one. Is Conturbation the best one? Conur- <laughs> yeah, is yes, is Conturbation Andrew's favorite indie podcast game? It is, it is. Oh, I mean, shit. Rightly so, but, I, you know. That is, like, if I, if gun, if you're like, Andrew, I'm going to murder you with this gun that I have to your head. Yeah. And I'll say. <laughs> End of state. <laughs> I'll say, Conturbation, no, what is I, no, I mean, I, the text looked, the shader on the text on that game looked really good. I like, I saw like some interview with you where you said you liked it, and then I played it, and I was like, wow, this is really good. It is. It's That's like, like, and that was like in the third issue, and it made me think, man, this indie apocalypse thing, it's all right. Well, and now you've been luck, doing it. Better luck next year, all other indie developers. Yes, we we got to do we got to do more. Right to, you, you, to match it. You can't dethrone. <laughs> <laughs> kind of conversation, but that's like it's not about my personal taste, you know. Mm-hmm. 
my personal taste is you know whatever but this is yeah. your this is your show yeah. it's all about you get to decide whether it's about you or not and i think it should be because i got no opinions about anything but my personal taste is all over the place like you know ah. i talked about my obsession with stalker but also my obsession i'm obsessed with phantom of the paradise <laughs> it goes all over yeah it's like varied i just watch real schlocky movies and i'm like yeah those were fun to watch i enjoyed watching those movies man i watched escape from new york for the first time last night i'm like snake pluskin's a cool ass dude did they escape from new york he did escape from new york oh great thank goodness good for him i'm like i get why hideo kojima thinks this guy is so cool (laughs) (laughs) oh my god Saying Hideo Kojima reminded me of his fucking entrance at the Game Awards. Did you actually watch it? No, Game I don't know. watch any award shows. No, they, no. They, I'm sure it's gotten gift, but like he ha- there's like a door on the stage that he just emerges out of, and he's the only one that does that. And I'm like, you fucking like, <laughs> you only Hideo Kojima could get away with something like that. I don't think if they tried to do that with like the developer of Peggle that they would get the same reaction. No, because they're like so desperate to make like uh, video game auteurs or whatever. Uh, do you do you listen to his um? Was it he has a podcast or whatever? No. Do you listen to any other podcast? That's a this is a good question actually. Uh, none that have to as do with a vid- podcast maker. None that have to do with video games. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. My, my okay. podcast habits are strictly are like ninety nine percent LA comedy podcasts. That sounds healthy. Or healthier than video game podcasts. So I couldn't tell you about Hideo Kojima's podcast, but if you wanted me to tell you about Doughboys, I can tell you about Doughboys. I did realize in 2020, my unofficial goal in 2024 is I I thought I realized it is easier. Like the path of me from here to getting onto Doughboys is more realistic than me getting into like any video game coverage ever again, probably. (laughs) Would you prefer that? I think getting onto Doughboys. I think then, I would love to talk about fast food. Then that's Providence. I think that you found your path, Andrew. Uh, I, I do. Even before I was listening to this show, partially why I got into it is because I do. Long time listener to Indie Apocalypse Radio will know that I love just to talk about junk food and fast food and other people's like food options. You know. Mm. I think I learned about canned bread from this podcast. Oh, you didn't know about canned bread. No, but now I really want to try it. In the same way, I've never been to a Waffle House in the United States. Oh. I would like, I would like to just experience a Waffle House, just because I feel like it has this mythology around it. It's good, you know. I yeah. I've, as a Northerner, I've never. I went to. I had. I went to a Waffle House once when I went to a convention down in Atlanta, and it was good. Mm. Like I got a bunch of, I I got a bunch of. It was also at like an anime convention, so I was like, I waded through the different anime cosplayers and picked up a Waffle House order and ate waffles on the way walking back to my hotel. Wow, that's cool. It was. Cool. Um, sometimes when I visit the United States, and obviously like Canada, like is in the shadow of American culture, so this isn't like hey, terribly crazy. Right. I went. But... I went to Smokes when I went to Toronto. I'm <laughs> good. Um, I've never been to Smokes because I'm on the other side, but I will go someday. Uh, sometimes I found visiting parts of the United States, I would see something that's so like iconic, like the Empire State Building, and my brain would think 
it was imitating the Empire State Building on TV or something like that. Right. Like my gut instinct to be like typical, and then I'd be like, no wait, that's the OG Daniel. Like that's the that's the real deal. Like that you, that's the king. Like yeah, we have know. these here. Yeah, like I was like, wow, that really that totally like feels like Alcatraz or something like that. And then like, <laughs> no Daniel, like get it together. That's the real deal. Like I don't know. It's it's like this like almost gut check maybe just because I'm so like TV internet pilled right I don't know yeah for for what is now important questions what is uh a traveling abroad what is a food that you were like is like a staple that you took that you realized you took for granted that you were not find that you couldn't find in the U S hmm probably coffee crisp. I've never even heard of those. What is that? See, this is what I'm talking about. This is that good shit. This is like chocolate oh, I don't wafers. With, yeah, and they got yeah, like really a coffee good. flavor to them. Mm. You also, you got, y'all those. got like Smarties, but not like chocolate Smarties, yes. right? Like you got like the Rockets or whatever as candy. Our Smarties are like the chalk. That, that's, um, that's illegal. You shouldn't be allowed to do that. It should always be chocolate. No, they are. We we like chocolate too much. Let's just start with the. Let's just start with chalk. <laughs> I'm sure that's how it went in the boardroom. It's just yeah. like, we, uh, kids are getting too much of this chocolate shit. All right, they start erasing the board that says chocolate on it, and they're like, "Wait, stop! I have an idea. That's yeah. it. Give that man a raise." <laughs> um, but yeah, no, coffee crisp is the big one for me. Uh, Tim, oh, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Tim Hortons is kind of a garbage company that doesn't pay their temporary foreign workers very well. But yeah, yeah, that sucks too. It does suck. But if you land in Vancouver Airport and then transfer to another airport with a small domestic tiny flight to go to somewhere else in the region, there's a little Tim Hortons there that feels very like welcome home. Have a bagel and cream cheese, sort of thing like that, and that's very. I also visited a Tim Hortons while I was there. What um, was your impression? Well, I don't drink coffee, uh, mm. so I got like, basically a Canadian now, though. So congratulations! I got like a a, 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 a twist, some kind of twist. Ooh. Breakfast twist. Mm. A Tim's it was, twist. It the the fun. classic Tim twist. The classic Tim twist. <laughs> I thought about Tim bits. Like, oh, it's t- t- oh yeah. You have to be like four years old and have a Timbit because then it's like huge for your tiny hands. Well, when I was four years old, I was eating Munchkins, of course. Oh, okay. Damn, that's lost on me. <laughs> well, well, as you know, uh, uh, wait, it's wait a minute. Do they? Is that just not the f- donut holes? Is what their actual thing is called, right? They're called donut holes. <laughs> Munchkins uh, is the Dunkin' Donuts equivalent. I've never been to Dunkin', and I know America runs on it, but it does run on it. And being in from New England, that's the birthplace of it. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow, you can say you own that sort of thing. I mean, I'm specifically from Massachusetts, which has even more. Is like literally from Massachusetts. I could drive 40 minutes to where they started Dunkin' Donuts. So you've been to the original one? No, of course not. But I could. Mm. I could try. I could drive there if I wanted to. Mm. Is the 
Is the is the founder of Dunkin' Donuts named Dunkin' Donuts like Tim Hortons? Or it seems seems that... unlikely. <laughs> okay, I had to ask just to be safe. What's you know, <laughs> let me double check to make sure. Sir Dunkin' Donuts, thank you very much. Yes, yes, please. I uh, know Bill Rosenberg, mm. <laughs> just another mm. name. Ah, mm. uh, born in Boston, died in Mashpee. Bayou, do you have any food you like That's that uh, you appreciate when you travel? Now, see, here's the embarrassing thing. Yes. I've never been off the continental U.S. Oh. I've been on a plane maybe, like, I could count the number of times I've gone on a plane on my hands. Yes. So I am very, very untraveled. Uh, to be fair, in all fairness, Bayou, I, the first I've gone is Toronto, which is, for New England, not very far. <laughs> you do not need to be embarrassed about yeah. that. I think that is a valid, normal thing to think. But regardless, you're allowed to pick some sort of comfort that you enjoy when you but go back from are you, are you a are you a, are you a lifelong Midwesterner? Now, see, I was born in California, uh, and then I went to uh, Indiana um, after a series of unfortunate events. Um, but I think maybe one of the things I miss is uh, a lot of uh, like uh, obscure Asian food, like. I don't even speak uh, Chinese anymore, so I can't even tell you the names. Right. <laughs> no, that is that is like it's definitely a thing you lose. Uh, even just like if you go to a more suburban area, you know, often it's like, boy, I hope a Thai family moves in nearby. <laughs> so I get a <laughs> and then then boy, I hope they open a restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> or else I have to drive fifty minutes to find a Thai restaurant. You know. Um. um. Yeah. If you go back to California, would there be anything you'd look for? Even if, like, it's okay if you don't know the name. I'm just kind of curious. Like, well, the there used to be a chain restaurant called the Curry House, but uh, mm. they shut down like before the pandemic, and you know I've never really been able to find any uh, other Japanese uh, curry places like that since. I used to live in like the uh, kind of uh, Orange County Disneyland-ish area right. of Anaheim. That was gonna be the follow-up question because California itself massive, so it's like is a NorCal or SoCal kind of thing. It's a SoCal area. Yeah, that Orange County, LA sort of uh, giant sprawl. Which also, yes, there's a lot of food in then just that general area, you know. For sure, it was uh, just home to a whole lot of uh, different cultures. You could. Um, one of the apartments that I uh, lived in uh, time, you can walk down, you can get uh, Mexican food, Peruvian food, um, Chinese, Korean food, all sorts of uh, cuisines just like right next to each other. It was really great. Yeah. I think that um, one of the first things that I look out for if I go to a new place is definitely like a good like kanji house. You know what I'm saying? Like the, mm. the that is just like perfect comfort food for me and if i can't find it then i get very stressed out <laughs> for sure i miss eating kongi yeah 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 oh, now now here's a question could i even where where would i even get that you gotta come out to vancouver oh we yeah. got we got tons of them out here are there, are there any cons mm. in vancouver hmm Va do we got van calf yeah can, I, can I sneak in a van calf yeah, 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 yeah. I'll uh, I'll get a booth and then just fill it with all y'all, all the indie devs I can find. We'll just take up one table. Because <laughs> uh, I'm looking, I'm looking into it. There's, I'm thinking of like uh, Staples in Austin soon. 
Uh, you mean like the ooh. store? No, or Staple. Com- I forget what it's called. <laughs> I think it's just called Staple. It's like an indie comic show, but it looks like they also accept games. Ooh. Staple is how it's pronounced. Uh, yeah, zines, comics, zines, art, craft, games, and more. Mm, so I'm trying to keep mm. an eye on and get a table for Staple, maybe. What does your, your convention, like, roadmap look like in the future? Like, are you going to be hitting mostly American stuff, or is Canada going to be on your list of um, uh, of stops? Well, the last one I visited was um, a, a Canzine in Toronto. Mm-hmm, yeah, you were mentioning. Yeah, so, like, I have no issue with Canada. It's mostly uh, travel <laughs> is expensive. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly um so like and as 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 you could tell as two indie apocalypse contributor is uh the cash does not flow like water around here (laughs) (laughs) that's valid as as recipients of uh the the indie dollar indie apocalypse six (laughs) dollar promise The six dollar tier. Calvino, when was the last time you got that any dollars? When was the last time you received that that vaunted six to eight dollars PayPal from me? From me? It's just like it's a it's like a big money hole, you know. Like I don't really look at it because it gets depressing from time to time, so I don't keep track of that. Right. But I would want to say like like I think I got one a few months ago and it surprised me. Yeah, I was like, oh, one of these. Yeah, I like money. Well, you're well, you're you're. Currently at two sixty, so you're about two issues away from another pay or two purchase two issue payments purchases away from another payout, I believe. Hell yeah, boy! You you guys heard it. You guys heard it out there. You gotta get that issue right now so that I can buy a a shitty Tim Hortons McTwist. Oh nope, actually looks like three issues. Three if three people will purchase a copy of Indie Apocalypse thirty four, then you will receive another. Five dollars and seventy three cents American cash prizes. Yes, incredible. Okay, so I have a proposal yeah. for you. It's not about the the issue or anything like that, but it's about um, cons and stuff like that. Yeah. Did you consider not like ha- hiring people at con locations to represent Indie Apocalypse? Is that <laughs> something that you can do? Uh, or what? I mean, theoretically. Well, I mean, part of like. As contributors, I've mentioned this, I think, probably at some portion. Did mm-hmm. I? If you wanted to, if you wanted codes or copies, I, like, I have no issues with people selling the issues they were in at events. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, the main thing for me is, like, I think that the cool thing that you're doing right now yeah. is that, like, physical, like, purchase, right? Like, the yeah. tape. Everyone wants that tape. Yeah, the people are knocking down the doors like, we they're, want more Indie Apocalypse tapes. They're going. They're clamoring for it. I mean, I'm joking, but I have sold like 100 of them within a year. So. Yeah, no, I, I think so too. But like, uh, if that's the case, I kind of am wondering if you would be like willing to ship those out to people. Like, yeah, so like, like, hey, I'm going to like whatever con. Like, here's my whatever like, con. Yeah, he, here's my like, uh, was it like Girl Guides esque like box yes. of like <laughs> of like goods that you could buy? They're not chocolate almonds, but they are indie games. You wanna, you wanna buy? like, would you be willing to do something like that? I think if people said, "Hey, um, I want to do this," I don't think I particularly like. I'm like I'm thinking of this year, like how can I get it into like g- different game shops? You know, selling it to game shops. 
Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, when I was at Canzine, someone at a university bought them for their library. Mm. Wow. So That's cool. Like you're in a university and you want to tell your encourage people to buy the your university to buy indie apocalypse for your library yeah so does your library have like a zine section because i know that some of them do uh, my library was close i don't live in it <laughs> the secret of indie apocalypse is if you live in a cheaper uh uh uh, uh poorer area it's easier mm. to live <laughs> so there's like no library what, what uh, there, i think about? it's back occasionally oh wow I was a. Uh, there was a time where I think the library just could not be funded to be opened. Oh no! Well, that oh. sucks. Yeah. Yeah. That's the saddest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, so it kind of like ebbs and flows. I believe it did bounce back though. Um, oh, that's good. But like, yeah, library is so important. All you, all you people out there on on the internet, support your local libraries. Yes. Yeah. It's it true. Support. And chances are you can like go to your library's website and just like order books and then yeah, like, like from a whole network. Yeah, you know you know what's fucked up. I went to the like library that's uh, close by here. Like went went on their website. They got like fucking Mario Wonder on there. Like right. it 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 it's a, it's on queue obviously because everyone loves Mario. But like it, they got like new games on there, and I always expected it to be like, you know, you would go on there and it would be like. We got NHL 94 or something, you know, like stuff that they were able to buy at the end of like an EB games is like lifespan or something like that, like at the bargain bin. But like, no, they got like new games in there and stuff. I remember, I remember being a a tails pilled teenager trademark. And then I remember the local library nearby had Shadow of the Colossus, and I was very impressed at the time. I was like, someone read a magazine and thought, what should the kids play? And they thought, let's get them to talk about Shadow of the Colossus. And that made me very impressed with my local library. No reason your local library can't have Indie Apocalypse in it. That's true. It should. Yeah. Just ready to go with Freddy Fish on one of those PCs right there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Freddy Fish, Matazuki's Closet, you know, <laughs> just, just like, you know, as you, as you age into them, you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, I get it now. Huh, huh. Yeah. Huh, huh. Someone just, someone just like DMs me and they're like, Hey, I, when I was six, I played Boyle's Otters, Valor and Death. And wow, that was crazy. And I was like, you should not have played that at age six. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, but it's like, maybe you should have played at age six. <laughs> Do you all ever Just... think about how... Sorry, this this is going back... You mentioned Shadow mm. of the Colossus and that triggered a uh, thought in my mind. Right. Do you ever think about how Japan Studio has been closed for like three years now? Yeah. That's the saddest I... shit. Like, how did this happen? And it, it felt like it was like last year. You know what I mean? It's been three years already. Yeah, because no one bought Gravity Rush. I'm sorry. I mean, I bought it, but no one did. Oh, <laughs> Who owns you know Gravity what? Rush now? I was thinking of games to get today. That's what I. That's what I'll get. I got Gravity Rush too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good one. Gravity Rush. I have Vita. Heck yeah. <laughs> I have two physically, and I wish I got one physically for like thirty dollars, but now it is a million dollars. Oh my uh, god! You're right. It's a grown-up, it's a disgusting amount of money. Yes, it but is. But 
Never mind. Maybe this, I will not get Gravity Rush. <laughs> the soundtrack is lovely, and it's super cool. Like, yeah, I wish they'd bring it back, but... I mean, I guess what, I, could, what, what, I could just buy it digitally for, like, a reasonable price, I'm sure. It's the future. Discless PS5. Um, what, nope. what do you miss? I specifically oh. got a disc version. Good. Me too. <laughs> um, Bill Bino, what do you miss from Japan Studio? I mean, like, Echo and Shadow, obviously, but, like, as far mm. as, like, franchises, man, like, uh... Looking up a list, right? Legend of Dragoon. Oh shit! Yeah, That's a good one. Now we're fucking. T- nobody. I was gonna say nobody cares about Wildars, but like I'm sure there's people out there. I remember you linked me a Wild Arms PSP game and had incredible art, but then also it had an incredible kind of like moderny Western fusion soundtrack, and yeah. I was like, "Wow, I should like this game a lot," but I haven't played it. Weird. Sort of Weird mm-hmm. how that works. Isn't there like a new Patapon game coming out too? Really? It's yeah, like it was not actually Patapon. on um Kickstarter and yeah, funded like crazy. Yeah, stuff obviously is uh Ratatat or something That's like that. It yes, because obviously it'll get funded because it's Patapon. <laughs> oh my god, this game looks so good. I want to play this again. But like yeah, Ratatatat, Kickstarter is still kicking out those games. Right, it's it's like a, it's like a weird spot now where just like old Japanese devs go <laughs> to like. Oh really? To, it feels like it, right? Because that Ratatat Bloodstain, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Those, that, I ha- I haven't been keeping up with that ecosystem, but it like there was a period of time where it was like not like scorned or anything, no, by no means, but like it was just kind of like, oh, it's a Kickstarter game, huh? Right. You know. Well, I think that there's two types. There's the type that is like, this is our entire budget Kickstarter game. And then there's the, we're proving that we, you know, Kickstarter is like, that number is really low for making that game because it's basically just uh, proving that they can have funding, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that, um, what, what was one game that like got on there that was kind of in both camps? Was it Shenmue? Pro- probably yeah, i think no shenmue i felt was very much like shenmue's on kickstarter but that you know we're announcing an e3 that's going to be on kickstarter it's like <laughs> <laughs> right right an indie game you might have not have heard of yeah a little a little title a hidden gem back pocket uh, uh, a, a gem yes it is it is listen <laughs> as you can guess from the rgg talk earlier i do love shenmue <laughs> fucking rules man I mean, uh, did you play the the? I haven't played the newest. No, I have one. not. I I've played the first two and I loved them. Yeah. <laughs> For a while, our friends and I were asking each other if we wanted to play any games of Lucky Hit. Ah, uh, yes, very good, very good. <laughs> it's like, hey, um, hey, buddy, you looking for a game of Lucky Hit? I love these. Anytime you open like a, a gacha yeah. like bubble, you always have to be like, oh, I love these. Who's this? <laughs> Huh. Fang. Just a little a little friend. Fang? I got a fang. Huh. <laughs> Zomi, what are you doing in here? Plays the plays the cat. Huh. <laughs> huh. I I really love it whenever you get like a, a Sega property and Ryo is just like, what the fuck? 
this? <laughs> it's just like they just used a random noise clip, but when it lines up, it's just like, oh, that's perfect. I love that. Truly, Sega like, never heard of it. Yeah, I hate this one. He's like holding like a tails or something. <laughs> How dare you! <laughs> Look, this is a big the cat respect zone, but. You can shit on tails all you want. This is, this is in this, I have that actually in front of my house. It's one of those signs is in this house, we respect Big the Cat. We, Good. We all, play, we play tails games. <laughs> anyway. I would have a lot of respect for Sega if they just made like a standalone Big the Cat fishing with like a hundred levels or like a huge well, amount of fish sort of thing. I mean, Big's Big Adventure or whatever it's called is about as close as you can get to that, right? That's true. That? Yeah, I didn't play it though, but I liked the the Breath of the Wild spin they had on it. They Same had thing. that fucking like hot dog weenie moment when you come out of the cave and it's just like, oh, look at look upon my lands. There's like Green Hill Zone over there. Wow, I'm gonna go there. What Sonic knockoff game? You get you get to choose one that you can make. What Sonic knockoff game are you creating a sequel for? I know my answer. Oh, I thought you were like, can I just make any, can I make any sort of Sonic? Yeah, game? yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, can I make a, I want to make a, a long open world adventure game. I'm, I'm just, I'm just going to rip off Red Dead, like kind of like, but I'm just going to make it Fang. My, my oh, no. yeah. That's good. I just like in, in the true spirit of just like Sonic ripping off things, but making it Sonic. Because uh, I feel like that's at the heart also of AAA game design. is just like ripping off something. Yeah. <laughs> Theft is very important. I would, I, would, I would go the opposite of my licensed media where I would just go shameless and like what is popular and how could I insert Fang into it. Very good. Very Do good. one for our boy. He's got a cowboy hat and he's got a little mm-hmm. pop gun. Has Fang had a game? No, he just in Sonic the Fighters. <laughs> really? Well, I mean, he well, he has a lot of cameo appearances, right? Like, in, um, I think he's in... What's the last one to come out? Superstars? No. What is it called? I don't know. New Sonic game. <laughs> I like him because he's not even, like... His 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 title is Fang the Sniper. <laughs> he's not, like, Fang yeah. the Animal. You, you've never seen an Australian sniper before? The they, they hang out in trees. They're... I don't know. This joke's going nowhere. My game would be Sega Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. The like the one with the like um golden tea ball that you can spin. Oh, okay. Yes. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Daniel. Um so like Sonic Jam has that hub world and I feel like I'd play like a whole game just with the gameplay of the hub world of Sonic Jam. Like I liked the jumping, I liked the moving. I liked all the little ring collecting and just like the, just the camera placement. It just all felt right to me. Felt more right than Sonic R. I would. What'd you, I want what, that. What do you think of Robo Blast Two? I really liked it, and I played it as a child. So, yeah, uh, yeah I, I never played Doom, but I played Sonic Robo Blast Two <laughs> online in little <laughs> rooms and stuff. So, uh, I, I, I mean, I was into that. I would, I if. Somehow Sega made a console port of RoboBlast 2. I would probably buy the limited run version on Switch. 
If you ever wanted an indicator as to how powerful the Sonic community is, and you didn't like, you averted your eyes to the whole what's that uh, expo called Sage. If you averted okay. your eyes to that, and just were like, show me how sickos they are and how powerful they are, Sonic Robo Blast Two should be the first thing that you show them because that's all open source, right? Like that's yeah, all we were community talking. driven. Uh, Dominic. <laughs> Uh, we had uh, had a guest on here. Was it last week? We were talking to Dominic. At, oh shit! About, I didn't. I, I haven't been keeping up. I haven't been listening we were to all of you. Talking all about because he was talking about he he's he likes Doom stuff a lot. He like Doom mods and things. And he was talking all about Sonic Robo Blast, I believe. Mm-hmm. And like just like the madness and how like that has its own mod community inside of it. Yeah, they and, they have a kart racer. Exactly. Mod. Yeah, yeah. He was talking yeah. about like how it's like truly the most nutso thing in the world yeah yeah god sonic fans are so powerful yes infinitely <laughs> scary i feel like it's just like there's no other fandom that really compares Is, <laughs> but that said by you you have a, a sonic game you would want to make honestly I haven't really been following on any of the mainline Sonic games because they do not have a Chow Garden. If it doesn't have a Chow Ooh. Garden, what's the point? Ooh, yes, yes. I've actually been saying this for a long time. People want Chow Garden. And this is gonna this can go either way, but I'm gonna put it out there. I think if you released a Pokemon Go style game with Chows, it would make bank honestly yes i mean i would play it i I would i would want to get those like what are those rods the chaos rods or whatever <laughs> they look like freezies uh, my my changing up my my ripoff game instead it's i'm just doing slime rancher but it's chows ah yes yes very good uh, i'm pitching out to my sega exec but speaking of pitching things to sega execs i'm pitching to these three sega execs here at the end of the show uh, <laughs> we've been going for over two hours, which is about time to wrap it up. That's a lot of hashtag content. That is a lot of hashtag content. Yeah, um, baby. I, I I crave the content. I live for the content. I go, give me that tent. Yes, craving the tent. Love it. Can't get enough of it. But uh, people presumably don't have all forever to listen to. They have other things to listen to where people... I don't know. Not even available. My God, Gravity Rush too. Dare I? Dare I type you into price charting? Oh no. What it's not I... as bad. Oh, actually. Yeah, it's good. Oh, you're huh. in the clear. Hell yeah, dude! I'm gonna get Gravity Rush too. Proud of you. Maybe I'll get both Gravity Rushes. Who knows? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um. Gravity Rush Remastered, a little pricier, uh, but still affordable, I think. People play Gravity Rush. Yeah. It looks cool as hell. Anyway, this is we're not going to get sidetracked like we like I do so often on the show and just continue on rambling. Uh, uh, continue on to the secret third hour of Apocalypse Radio. We are instead. We didn't get right off it on unlock to get that ending. No, no. the the, the third The third uh, hour is 
unrecorded. <laughs> Hanging out. Perfect. But um, so we're gonna get to the important part. If you're familiar with podcasts and you're like, huh, they're ending, but they haven't got to. They're missing a segment. Even podcasts with no segments have this one segment at the end where people promote their work and we're there we've reached it all these people here are going to promote their work so you can find it daniel where can people find your stuff if they're looking to find it and you're looking to have it found well first of all i have to suggest indie apocalypse number 46 with the bright blue cover image on itch because i mean yours truly is in that ah, yes. but from from if you're, someone there's someone in the comments goes is that a, is that a Toyoya Lee art I recognize that immediately. <laughs> but uh, cool if you're uh, Chinese pixel artist not game pixel artist but like does art with pixels. The real deal. Yeah. Um, if you do actually want to look at my other stuff like my other self indulgent stuff or Nintendo sixty four homebrew you can find me at danbolt.itch.io. But. Uh, I'm sure if you just hit me up on LinkedIn, there'll be links there as well. Yeah, but just, it's been, yeah. Go for it. Sorry. <laughs> no, go look ahead. In the apocalypse, it's the beginning of where to find people, not the end of where to find people. You know. Yeehaw. That's what I say. It's like, uh, not go, not to be like, oh, I only play Indie apocalypse. Like, no, I start playing Indie apocalypse, and then I go to DanBolt.io and play all these other games there, and so on and so forth. Pino, your promotion, where can people find the work you would like to promote to them? Oh, uh, uh, I, I post on co-host, uh, at Lee, and, uh, you can find my games on, uh, my website, I guess? Yes. Uh, R-A-D-Z dot O-N-E. I could not get the dot zone. The TLD for that was awful, so you're gonna have to stick with R-A-D-Z dot O-N-E for Rat Zone. And for the Americans, oh, that's a Z. Is a Z. A Z. 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 That's the... We have another hour of, like, conversation if we talk about this. Are you Z Oh, my God. No, we don't. I Actually, when I talk about the Spectrum, I do call it the ZX, because I think that is respecting the culture. That's true. Yeah, that's actually true. The, the ZX? Come on. Blech. Gross. Blech. Makes me want to throw up in my mouth. <laughs> it's the ZX. That's right. But but arguing about Zs and Z aside, Bayou, where can people find your work if you're looking? Um, probably the best place um, to find my stuff is going to be the uh, Um I'm actually... Um, ramping up to uh, make a game for the Queer Vampire Game Jam. I'm quite excited for it. It's going to be called uh, Blood in Play, about a gay T for T vampire and human. Um, just dudes being dudes. Yeah. So um, chances are, if uh, time allows, I'll be doing uh, weekly uh, devlogs about that. And um, probably... Uh, just talking a whole lot about it because I'm very excited for that project. Hell yeah. Yeah, that is, and you have, uh, as we mentioned at the top, uh, a lot of uh, credits. And you, if you go through Tofu Rocks, you just follow that around, you'll find all the other credits. You just like dig around, you know? 
I do a whole bunch of stuff. It's about time I started making um, some of my own games again. Yeah, that, hey, you and me both. <laughs> you and me both. It, it, uh, Organite, you're like, oh, these games are cool. What if I made one again? <laughs> huh. Well, looking forward to that. When is the uh, when is that jam? Is it? It's uh, gonna start officially on January first and ends on February twentieth. Uh, okay, so but um, right. they let people start a little bit early, so and I've been in uh, pre-production, uh, getting all those documents and stuff uh, ready for everyone. Yeah, and listen, the thing about game jams is they'll never know when you started, really. <laughs> well, Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I'm keep a secret. Now, I, I guess it, it really depends on the game jam, you know. Uh, some some are more like uh, guidelines, you know, are like, hey, let's just encourage things. Let's or sometimes if they're strict and they have contests, uh, uh, they have strict enough rules. Next but, time we're on a on a podcast together, I need to, I I want to talk game jam strats with you because I feel like there's some things that you can do that like give you a bit of an edge and one of those things is like yeah doing stuff a little early <laughs> well it's a little hard because there yeah. are a lot of uh, jams that are like we'll announce a secret theme right before and it's yeah. like well great now i can't pre-plan so it's yeah, just like right. you gather a whole bunch of people and it's like we're excited to do a thing what are we doing i don't know <laughs> yeah it's jam culture is like it's very good but gets very weird sometimes when it becomes too like a contesty driven kind of stuff i don't know yeah, that is a long discussion that is not designed for the end of a show. Uh, yes, correct. I will say, hey, Indie Apocalypse, you know where to find it. It's IndiePocalypse dot com. I do get that URL. I've got that. Uh, IndiePocalypse dot com's the new issue number forty eight just came out today. Pick it up. A lot of fresh new games in it. Oh, well, not fresh new. I mean, one new game, but nine new to you games is what I like to call them because. You gotta be in here deep to like know all of these games, you know. And new to you, functionally the same as new. It doesn't matter what year it came out, you know. File off the edges. Say it came out. You could play Dark Seed right now, if you know. <laughs> and you, and I could just say Dark Seed came out in 2024, and how would you know, you know? Oh, fuck, this guy. But that's Dark Seed too, though. Technically, I believe. Technically, yeah. People play Dark Seed. That's the You got a lot one. of. You got a lot of homework tonight. <laughs> Go home uh, after you stop listening. To this uh, don't play. Don't play any FMV games. But watch a bunch of people who play FMV games, and they're a chore to play. Or play them with friends. But they're a true FMV adventure games of the '90s and 2000s are one of the greatest gifts to our medium. I think. Anyway, that's where you go or subscribe at IndiePocalypse.com slash Patreon. We've got multiple tiers if you're looking for just commission games or if you want to go up to get both physical zines and cassettes mailed to you. Uh, cassettes being USB sticks and set cassette cases, of course. Um, all available through Patreon at discounted yearly rates if you want to get that. Also, it's the only place where you can get just the commission games every month for only $5 a month, which is like, hey, man, if you got a game... If you're picking up games like you know, Boils, Otters, Valors, and Death at five bucks a month, what a bargain, you know? That's almost a steal, honestly. Yes. And a great yeah. stocking stuffer for next year. Yes. Um, speaking of those tapes, IndiePocalypse.com slash tapes, where you can get physical versions of IndiePocalypse. 
uh, mailed directly to your house, and they're the art looks great inside that cassette case format, and you have a, and you can trade them with your friends. You can be like, hey, you can send a friend a zip file, and that's fine. But if you had your friend a USB stick inside a cassette case, that takes up space in their house and in their brain, and it it it, it, it encourages them to like, oh, I guess I'll try out this Indiepocalypse thing. Uh, you can, if you want to join Indiepocalypse, indiepocalypse.com slash submit. Always open. No restrictions aside of uh, repeat contributors. Um, but that's the only real restriction that exists. Otherwise, anything that's game, game adjacent, submit it there. I just recently started uh, indiepocalypse.com slash, I think I call it tape club. I think it's the URL. It's This is a fresh URL, the first time I've said it out loud, so I don't know it off the top of my head. Tape club. Or I might have mentioned it last week, too. I don't remember. Yes, IndiePocalypse.com slash tape club. If you are like, man, those tapes are so cool. How do I get them for my games? And let me tell you, you go there, you fill out the form, and you basically get, I make them for you at cost. I sell them to you. I either sell them for you and or sell them to you. Either is fine by me. I'm... I mentioned that like games need uh, more like indie comic zine fest type shows that you could attend. And to do that though, game developers need uh, things to sell there. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think, and this... if you use offer code pizza pranks on checkout, you'll you get, get exactly the price that I charge you. 0% off. 0% off. <laughs> um, I've got three, I've got three already. I've got two, uh, a couple of a couple of uh, collections from uh, Leo. I, I'm like, I'm like, what is what is his online handle? Nardo twenty three, maybe I forget. People have too many names in different places, and I forget them. But I've got that, and I've got Coda available. Uh, two packs from there, an exploration pack and a cooking pack from him, and I've got Coda from Finn Devi that I've printed already. And you could also, dear listener be one of those developers and uh to have their games i think it's cool anyway that's the end of the show uh daniel babino by you thank you all three of you for being here thank you for you know making games and hanging out and doing all the stuff you do thank yeah, you audience for, for listening i remember it two weeks in a row look at that uh yay tell your friends about indiepocalypse uh it's it's budgeted that will survive that it will survive if nobody buys it but wouldn't it be cool if people did uh that's it. That's the show. This is I. I'm finding Fubar so that I can end the show. Uh, goodbye. <laughs>